Go Loud presents the Talking Bollocks podcast. Hello. This is the Talking Bollocks podcast brought to you by Go Loud, the home of Irish podcasts. Download the Go Loud app wherever you get your apps. And don't forget to like, rate, review, subscribe and comment wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is episode 56. It's me, COB. It's me, Paddy Flower. And today we're joined by... AOH1. <laughs> just, just giving you my password. Yeah. Uh, no, Ardlo Hanlon is my name. Ardlo, how are you, pal? Just giving you my password. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Just forget you heard that. Uh, no, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm. Well, you know, relatively speaking, I'm grand. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do many podcasts? I don't. I, I try to avoid them, to be honest with you. I only do the ones I like. Yeah. Uh, um. I. I. Yeah. I, I'm. I'm. A, I'm. A, I'm a shy person by nature, so I like. I don't. You, you know. Help. You have your work cut out today. They're coming in here, Lord, and challenge. Yeah. No, I. Um. I. I. I'm curious about them more than anything. You know. Yeah. Uh, you never know what's going to come up, really. Yeah, and definitely not with this podcast. Yeah. Anyways, so just before we get started, I want to give a shout out to today's sponsor, CBD Ireland. Give the lads a shout on cbdireland.ie. They have stores in Cork and Waterford and one in Dublin coming soon. They have the best products around, CBD coffee, oils and chocolates, and you get 25% off using the code Talking Bollocks. That was impressive. Wasn't it? One, one take. The one take, fella. <laughs> oh, <Jesus. laughs> I love it. But, be the, the RT News next. Yeah, <laughs> imagine. We'd be on the late late one day. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Like as Delbo used to say, this time next year we'd be millionaires, isn't it? That's right. You'd be wearing but, um, tuxes. Yeah. So this is something I wanted to get into before. Um, I touched on it over the weekend that there's a perception problem with this podcast, Adel. Right? People see two fellas in tracksuits. They probably say, "Jesus, I wonder what they're going to talk about." And then they see the guests we have on. And then you see the name Bollocks in the title. Apparently, that's a big hindrance to the podcast. Really? Yeah, you'd be surprised. Well, it's, 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 it's like it's not the reason why I like the podcast, but it, literally, and I'm not just saying this, it is probably my favorite word. Mm. Like, not, not, I don't even mean favorite word. It's probably the word I use the most. Yeah. Like, and that's one of the reasons why we use that to form the name of the podcast, yeah. because it's what we all do the best. We all talk Bollocks, yeah. no matter who it is. And then... When people look at the guests we have, we have boxers on, but it doesn't necessarily mean we're going to talk about boxing. Right. We have comedians on, we're not going to just talk about comedy. We talk about a range of topics, personal experiences, and topics that really hit home with us and with our listeners and are suggested to us. And we just feel like when we started this, we wanted to change perception. And I thought we were doing that. But then on a corporate level, we're getting the door closed in our face. So I just thought that was a bit, it was a bit shorthanded. It's 2022, I thought, Places are supposed to be more progressive and accepting these days. It's a Stone Age mentality. Really. Yeah, it's yeah. it's yeah, it's a dinosaur mentality. Yeah, it's yeah. basically so. That's just something I wanted to grab my chest, you know. But look, we'll still do what we'll do. Well, uh, what I, if it's if it's worth anything? Like I, I, the reason why I like what you do is because it's an absolute celebration of life generally. Yeah, but it's a celebration of your own lives and your background, and you have brilliant guests on who. Who uh, who represent that world as well? But you also have guests from beyond that world. Yeah, yeah. No, it's an idol, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> so we'll jump into the zingers then, yeah. Yeah. So we do a thing called zingers, yeah. Yeah. It's like an either or, or right? Would you rather? 
Right. Like something along them lines. You've listened to the podcast before. I have, yeah. 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 So you would have yeah. noticed yeah, this yeah, one yeah, or yeah, two days. Yeah. Yeah. So the ones from last week, we're out of wits in with them as well, lad. Yeah, we're struggling. Like. <laughs> I know you don't have barrel. one this week either, yeah? yeah. So the ones from last week were, see when you're eating like a tub of celebrations or hurdles or anything like that, when you eat a sweet, do you put the wrapper back in the box or do you go to the bin and put it in the bin? Very be controversial honest. subject. Yeah. Isn't it? Mm. Isn't it? I put them back in the box. And Lads, I, get, I swear to God. Yeah. <laughs> I thought yeah. I knew you, Terrence, and then you told me you do this well, last week. I think week. it's, I, like, I'm trying to be tidy. Like, whereas, you yeah, know... It's too could, much hassle, lad. Yeah. Getting up, going to the bin, coming back in another sweet, back to the bin. <laughs> exactly. You know One mean? trip to the bin a day is enough. <laughs> yeah, but like, fiddle, could you not just like throw them all aside and then you leash it now when you open the box, all you're getting the sweets. You're not getting like fucking wrappers and... No, 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 no. It ha- everything has to go in. And it's not just the wrappers I put in the box. It's, it's all the remains of the dinner as well. <laughs> everything goes in there, yeah. Like, honestly, I'm all about convenience and, 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 and like, reducing the amount of effort you have to make in a day. Yeah. So, like, that absolutely fits in with my whole, like, schedule. Yeah. All the rubbish goes into, yeah. the, into that box. And then that just goes into it's the It's very end. useful. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. One trip. <laughs> Opening my, the box my wife for the galaxy a, and there's yeah. bleeding yesterday's dinner, isn't it? My wife has a rule like in the house. So like anyone um, who's gone upstairs, she stops them yeah. and she gets them to bring something up. My man's like that. Yeah. yeah, and there'll be a load of stuff on the stairs and it's for whoever goes up the stairs has to bring all that yeah, stuff yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stop! Hey, bring yeah. that basket up and that, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. load of washing folder yeah. on the end of yeah. the stairs, bring that yeah. up and they're like, are you for real? And then if everybody's upstairs, that'd be more that. Yeah. And if everything's on the stairs and everybody's yeah. upstairs, so it's killing there's whole, there's whole days I wouldn't even come downstairs. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> Going on a protest in the bed, yeah. like John Lennon saying in bed all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You could do worse, like you know. Anyway, that's a, another philosophical point. <laughs> so the results from the singer article, yeah, yeah. Twenty-eight percent said they leave the men. I think they're lawyers. Yeah, and seventy-two percent said they go to the men with them. I don't believe that. Yeah, I think that seventy-two percent of people trying to portray that are generous and they yeah. don't consider it. They're not but the lawyers. See, of course not, because normally you're only eating them like when you're sitting in front of the teddy for hour after hour after yeah. hour, and you might have a few drinks with you by by this stage. Yeah. So there's just no way <laughs> people are budging. Yeah. You know. It's a valid point. Yeah. So that's that one done, and then the other one was: Do you prefer heroes or celebrations? Like I'd be hard pressed to tell you which is which now. Like I. The exact same, yeah. But Cal- yeah. Calvin will tell you whichever one the thing. crunchies are in, that's a celebration, right? No, it's not, it's the heroes because crunchy is Cadbury's, yeah, right? So, so definitely crunchies because like that is my go to. That's of a every bar in the world, that's of every favorite? bar in the world, crunchies, yeah. Really? What's your favorite packet of crisps? Um, my favorite packet of crisps is uh, well, I, I suppose salt and vinegar, yeah, salt and vinegar. Do, I, salt and do vinegar? I need to need a brand name? Yeah, you're gonna have to, yeah, okay, we'll, well press yeah, it's the Kyo's. Very posh. Very posh. Very man. posh. You have oh, to really? Jack after boy them. Did I say the wrong pig? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, well, you know, I only get one packet a year. Yeah. So, uh, I treat myself. They're probably my favorite. Salt and vinegar, yeah. Salt and vinegar, Kyo's. Yeah. Yeah. Right. There, there's a good crunch to them and they're, they're yeah. good thickness. Come here, Kyo's are lovely. Good they're thickness. Whopper, but they're, so they're very when, you say, when you say they're expensive, like, like all the other crisps are so thin. Like, how many packets of thin crisps would you need to get one packet of Kyo's crisps? Do you know what you right? With the ratio to like air, oh, yeah. look, yeah. yeah, we're going to have to do, like, the, the area of a packet of crisps and yeah. the volume yeah. of a packet of crisps yeah. and all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All yeah. I know, when you, when you see a packet of Kyo's, they're usually about four something yeah. and a bleeding packet of Tato's about but one like, something and you're like, right, take them down. <laughs> I, I, like, honestly, you mentioned crisps there. Like, that is 
it's I hate to use the word, but it's triggering for me. Like <laughs> I, I, I try to eat healthy and I try to, you know, I, I do, I, I, I'm, you know, try my best, but uh, I really have a, a weakness for crisps. Like it is the one thing, you know, I just the rustle of the bag, yeah. anything at all. And I'm, and I'm just gone. Like I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm like a dog, do you know, or yeah. uh, when it hears a tin of food being opened. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so God, I, I just love them. Yeah, go crip sambos. And I, I beg, I like, I beg my wife not to bring them into the house because, yeah. like, I, and I won't eat them for weeks. I won't buy them myself, but yeah. like, they're always in the house. Yeah. So I end up eating them, like, and I, and I just, you know, I eat like a giant ton bag. Yeah, know? I think we're gonna lead a campaign this year for Easter instead of like, don't getting chocolate, but get crips. Yeah. that'd be a good idea. No? Yeah, yeah. Who yeah. suggested that? Charlie and Murphy suggested That's that. Yeah. That's a brilliant idea, isn't, isn't it? it? That's a money racket right there. Boom, yeah. golden goose I started. Love it, yeah. Yeah. Imagine like chocolate flavoured crisps. Well, I don't know about that now. No. Remember Tato did a bar? Tato did a bar before. Did Boy, they? just mean like, you know the way you get an Easter egg and you have your crunchy Easter egg, your dirty milk Easter egg, your Maltesers, your Smarties. Imagine yeah. me like, you have your King Crips, your Walker's Temptations packet, yeah. Hunky Dory's, Pringles. Like that'd be fucking deadly, wouldn't yeah. it? That's yeah. the world I want yeah. to live in. Yeah. But there should be a limit to the number of flavours. I mean, like I don't want to go, yeah. I, I'm sure this podcast is not just about crisps, although it probably should be. Look, <laughs> but uh, prawn cocktail, would you? Top of the ranch. You would accept that? I'd smoky accept Smoky bacon. Yeah, yeah keep but, that. So that's it. There's four flavours. There's cheese and onion, salt and vinegar, smoky bacon and prawn cocktail. Anything else is is, is out of order. The crisps for me is a ready salted packer of walkers. The original ones. Okay, well, at a push. At a push. You but nothing else. None of those like made up flavours. You know what no, I mean? Like? No, I like, I like the, the temptations, you know, the sweet chilli ones. Ah. The sweet chili uh, Walker's Temptations, you know, into them. I don't think I ever had them. But you know what I don't like? At Christmas, when they bring out like a turkey and stuffing flavour and all, you can keep that. Yeah, That's yeah, a lot no, of bollocks. No, no, turkey and stuffing flavour? Yeah. Remember them Christmas boxes we got? There was a packet in there. Was there? Yeah. Oh, yeah, ate them and didn't even realise. Yeah. The lads sorted us out with Christmas boxes. Shout out to Goal out for the Christmas hamper. The thing was full of gargle. We're bleeding shit in here in AA yeah. every week. They were Kyo's Crips. They're bleeding turkey and stuff in Kyo's Crips. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think they went in the bin now, but sure, look. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not into that. No. But what was the numbers on that? We didn't even get the numbers. Herlow's 42%, celebrations 58%. I'd agree. Yeah. Yeah, you're a celebration. Celebrations, celebrations man. Herlow's, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, close. Uh, right, I have a thing over this week. You said you haven't got one? No. Oh, you haven't? No, it's not great. It's not great. And the missus suggested it to me, scraping the bottom of a barrel, but it kind of leads on to the topic I want to talk about as well. When you're out in a restaurant, Arl, and you're getting a dessert, do you get a proper dessert or do you get a cheese board? I'd, uh, I wouldn't normally go dessert at all. Yeah. But if I did, I'd go cheese board. Would you would really? You? I would, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would, yeah. Over a cake? But I wouldn't have a starter if I knew I was going to have the cheese board. Yeah, I know I people love like cheese. that. That's a decent thing I do. Are you a start on mains on mains dessert? Yeah, but how do we do that? Are you start on mains or are you mains dessert? All the point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> or start, start a mains, dessert. Mains, well, mains dessert. Yeah. yeah. What, like, what's the Elvis starter? That's like unbelievable. Yeah. Like that you go to bed and you go, all right, milk. Chicken wings for a start, I know. No, prawn, they're the mains. Prawn cocktail. Oh, you're God. eating in very high-end restaurants, <laughs> that's what it is. If you know quite well that you go into this restaurant, you're going to get a, a cheese board for dessert. You know quite well it's a high-end restaurant. Like, yeah. I'm going in hoping that they have, like, a cheesecake or something. Yeah. But that's what I was going to say. So we are, Well, if there, was, it, if there was a lemon meringue pie on it on the menu, I would have that. Mm, but I'd share, I'd share it. Like, I wouldn't. Yeah. I couldn't eat a whole shelf. dessert. I could never eat a whole dessert. 
Well, that's what you say. You don't have to lie on the podcast. Like, no, no, but that's judge actually you. true. I know I probably look like I could eat two or three whole desserts, but <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, no, I just wouldn't wouldn't be into I don't have a sweet tooth. Yeah. We were out the other night and I got those cheesecake on the menu. I got it. And she ordered the cheese board and we'd never done it before. Now, we've had cheese boards ourselves at home. And I was like, I just can't bring myself to order a cheese board when I know there's a cake on the menu. You know, like yeah, cheesecake. Yeah, yeah. So it was like cheesecake versus cheese board kind of thing. And she's like, that's a thing for you. Would you go dessert or do you go cheese board? So you'd pick a cheese board. Yeah, I would pick a cheese board. Yeah, mm -hmm. when, it, when it comes down to it, I would. But like, as I said, I, I just, like, I probably wouldn't have anything, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, go straight to the coffee. Um, uh, yeah, no, I, 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 I love cheese. I, I, I have yeah. a, fond, a fondness for it. Yeah, so this is what's happened lately with us. I had my first cheese board. Yeah. With yeah. Calvin and his missus there last week, was it? Yeah. And my God, it was unbelievable. So... I thought like that was the poshest thing I ever heard in me. Like yeah. the most pretentious thing yeah. ever. Like most snobby thing ever. Cheese boards. And it was a couple of Christmases ago. I was down in the missus house in Wexford. And she had a whole family over. And she just, she had a few wines and she goes, I'm going to make a cheese board. I was like, what's fucking wrong with you? Cheese board. Like who do you think you are? Like you know what I mean? Next of all, she's in the kitchen, comes back 10 minutes later with this board full of cheese and me and all just looking at it it's like there's ham and there's cheese on that board and a few crackers wherever this can't be all that and my god it changed my life forever yeah it was like literally the, the first day of the rest of my life that was yeah well, I had yeah, an epiphany it, it, it's, it's, just, it's great it's unbelievable and, and, the, I said and the smellier to and more disgusting yeah, it's, and runnier the better yeah and like, I said this to Terence and it's a hard sell to somebody, I think, yeah. to say cheese boards are great. So we brought them out to the gaff then and we had it. I said to you first, I said, do you like cheese? And what did you say? Yeah, I love easy singles. <laughs> so <laughs> easy thought, singles. Yeah. I was deadly serious. He says, that's not cheese. I said, it fucking is yeah. cheese. You put it on the toasty, like, you know yeah. what I mean? I didn't even realise. Do you want to see the amount of different cheeses? There's about cheese a thousand different cheeses. Blue yeah. cheese, and cranberry cheese, yeah. smoked cheese. And we cheese. all grew up with things like Calvita and these processed cheeses. Do you yeah. remember that? Or, or the, baby or, or bells and all. Baby bells and all those little things. And I, I always remember my mother always had a stinky cheese in the fridge up for herself. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't until much, much later that we got a, we got to go with that. But, um, oh God, no, I just love it. Like, like uh, if, if I've, if someone's going away, do you remember the way you used to ask them to bring cigarettes home or something? Yeah. I'd ask them to bring me a cheese home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they're, they're fucking deadly. So we love them now. And all my life, when I was working in the office, so somebody like could come in from a, a foreign office and they'd bring in all the cheeses and they'd leave them on the desk for everybody but it'd be beside my desk and I'd say like get that away and they'd yeah. be like slagging me saying are you having a clue yeah. all you eat is cheddar and I was like look if I can't go on a cheese toasty yeah. I don't want to know yeah. about it yeah. so it was like literally cheddar cheese or nothing and they used to have to cover the cheese because I always complain about it and now this is it now I'm up to my neck in com <laughs> convictions and brain that's all I like I know I know and like like you know we're, we're very hard on ourselves especially about food Yeah, people are very hard on themselves like there's few pleasures in life really and we noticed that over the last few years like enjoy your food yeah Jesus. and we were trying to we were trying to hint at the lads to get us a cheese board and yeah. fire. I would I happily say hey, think of the guests crackers. you'd have every week if you had a cheese, cheese board board's there offering them a cheese board Gee, in the chat like yeah, yeah. Cheese board and chats, that's the name yeah. of the that's podcast. That's a good name yeah. of the podcast, isn't yeah. it? But the air problem is people laugh then because I eat it like a bleeding, dirtyly lunchable, you know what I mean? I get a cracker, put cheese on it, a slice of ham, then another cracker, and then there you go. Yeah. You know what I mean? People yeah. call it childish, but I just call it modern cheese board. <laughs> and then I see your cheese board, that's what that is. <laughs> the ICC. Yeah. yeah. Right. Cheese board's done and dusted. Cheese board's done and dusted. Yeah. Oh, I'm a singer. Oh, oh my God. Me nerves. Well, I might have. I don't know. I don't know. I have a few zingers. Um, I just one of them. Just I just thought of when we were talking about crisps. Right, is uh, 
where do you wipe your greasy hands? On the back of your trousers or on your socks? Yeah, socks. I never heard of socks, but that's such a good idea. It such makes a good idea, sense. isn't it? What? Because it's hidden. If you wipe your fingers in your socks, you're not wiping them in your bottoms. Oh my God, I love yeah. genius. Yeah. How like, honestly, if who I, thought of that? that? How have we not thought of that? Because we wear ankle stockings nowadays. That's a problem, yeah. Yeah. Some people don't wear socks at all. Yeah, no, no, I don't, I'm not into not wearing socks. I wear ankle socks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah well, now you'll start wearing a longer sock. Now that you know that. Thing, yeah. <laughs> I've been doing that for years. And even like if you sneeze into your hand and you don't have a tissue handy, what do you do? I sneeze into my T-shirt. If I'm going to sneeze, I sneeze like that. <laughs> like I'm going to rob a post office. Yeah. <laughs> sneeze into that. You yeah. probably rob a post office with a sneeze these days. <laughs> Give me all the money I'm going to sneeze on yeah, your dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and everything over there. The, the Go perfect, on, look perfect, at him out ahead. Perfect weapon, yeah. yeah. No, I use my socks for lots of things. Like, like I, I find them very, very I'd handy. I'd say it. Yeah. Come here, hardly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to question that. We won't go into detail there. <laughs> I'll show you. Things like glass on <laughs> no, the floor. Yeah. You pick them up, they'd shatter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the thing in the corner, they're now barking at you. No, I have another singer. But it, it's... Um, it's and this is something that's been troubling me for for a few weeks now, um, and it's it's a, it it might be a bit deep, certainly <laughs> so early on in the in the podcast. Man, we, we always get the it might be a bit profound, and uh, in fact, there might be no way back from this. <laughs> oh, I'm all in. Let's I hope, go. I hope I'm not overselling it. Okay, so now and this this is this is this is important stuff. To, which which is better, to believe in a horrible god, or not to believe? In a lovely God. Now, that's no, shut you up. said it was deep. Like, <laughs> around the wind up, like, we're going to do what we do, the abyss yeah. in the shower yeah. and whatever. Mm. You're at the ground deep there. And that your head's wrecked hard. Yeah, I know. This could change the course of your lives here. No, it could. Yeah, or it can get us cancelled. Calvin's joining the priesthood. Yeah. Isn't, isn't, <laughs> do you know what? Isn't that what they say? That could be an equilateral matter. Or that What's that would the be word? an economical matter. I can't say that word. Yeah. <laughs> that's what this is, isn't it? It is. That's, that's the definition of that. It is. And the reason why I was thinking about it was because I was actually in a conversation with someone uh, who I know quite well, who, who was insisting that God send, sent the virus and the, the same person tell you God sends the storms and the hurricanes. And like, you know, which is... So you believe in a horrible God, that person. Exactly. Does, yeah. and, and, and like, I don't know what I believe in, but... I'd like to think God is lovely. And yeah. I find myself, even though, you know, I'm, I'm not religious, although I don't know what I believe in, I'm very confused. I always find myself defending God mm. against believers who are saying, do you know what I mean? Every bad thing that happened, that's God doing yeah. that. Well, ah, come on. Yeah. You wouldn't do that. <laughs> Should we have to answer this? <laughs> I'd rather not believe in a lovely God. Shame. Yeah. Okay. I'm just going to say that. Mm. Yeah. Because I can't answer, I don't know. Mm. Yeah. My head's wrecked, scrambled. Yeah. If you just could see into it, my head, and it was just a hamster, yeah. and I believe my yeah. head is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know, but like, look, you know, there'd be, there'd be, the Pope wouldn't be able to figure that one out. Mm. Yeah. Right, well, that was deep, yeah? Yeah. That was very deep. Yeah. But, uh, Ardle, do we have piss in the shower, by the way? Because that's question. the important one. Yeah. I haven't for a while. Right, what's a while? A week? Uh, or a no, 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 no. A good long time. I, I would do it, um, I would say, it was about a year. Mm. <laughs> so you remember the exact time? Yeah. What happened there? <laughs> <laughs> it must have uh, been traumatic. I tell ah, the toilet was broke that day, wasn't no, it? So you had to piss in the it, shower. It, it, it was actually an outdoor shower. This is the, like I was working away from home. Yeah. So like I think you'd have to give me a certain amount of leeway. Right. 
I'm not going to judge you for pissing in the shower. If anything, we credit you more for admitting that you're pissing in the shower. Okay. You're well, I just feel that that this is the type of show where you have to you have to be honest. Yeah. Of course. Um, and it was about it was a few years ago. I was working away from home in a, an acting job, and uh, it, it 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 was an outdoor shower in the place I was staying. So, like naturally, you know, you're in the outdoors. Yeah. You, it's not the only thing I did in the shower. No. <laughs> <laughs> There are times waiting for me to go on. There's more. No, there isn't. Yeah, you don't want to be doing that in an outdoor no. show. No, 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 no. JC's but, uh, scrubbing for a while over there, isn't he? <laughs> but uh, but is, the, is the, there's no like like I mean there's no harm in in, in pissing oh, in the shower. Oh, you think it's more there? beneficial to pissing the shower? People are sending us studies and all, saying that there's issues behind that. No, right? yeah, is there? If the like supposedly, supposedly, if you piss in the shower, your body associates the sound of flowing water with urinating. Then, so the next time you hear a tap going, you're gonna piss yourself. Yeah. I don't believe that's true because I don't ever need to have a piss when like I'm washing the dishes or yeah. washing my hands or whatever. I know. I think that is that's. That actually happens though, no? I don't, I don't know. Suppose like that's, 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 that's like... That is a fact, yeah, yeah absolutely. That's a fact. Like, like, if you like, touch water or anything like that, yeah, like your yeah. body is Or if you, if, you were, if you were struggling to get it out, turn on the tap. That would be a, a that's what they say, isn't popular that? thing to do. That's, but you see, I'm, I'm older than us. you. And like, I like I, so yeah, I am. I'm a, I'm a <laughs> good bit older than you. So like, I, 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 I have more experience in these matters than you. Yeah. So like, I would have a good system developed over the years, like to know not to get into the shower when I need to piss. Yeah. See, you probably still make that mistake. I wouldn't make that mistake now at my I, age. I'm doing a hope aside. Yeah. Yeah. I just wait till I have you a enjoy it. Well, the, it's in. quite nice. Like Turn the, 60 the, immersion on when he needs to have a piss. I know. <laughs> and you've got the different temperatures and everything going yeah. on. Like, it's kind of, like, it's comforting. Yeah. I <laughs> that over. yeah. I'm so glad you asked me that. I just think it's more efficient to piss in the shower. Because what you're going to do, you're going to piss, then you're going to flush, then you're going to grin and have a shower. Well, you see, it's all gone down the same drain. I think you're onto something there. If, 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 unless someone can prove that it's ecologically unsound to piss in the shower. Mm. And, and they're and, great answers. It's yeah. like, it's almost like you were asked these questions before. Did anybody ever ask you if you piss in the I, shower? I, absolutely. I, every time, every interview, <laughs> for some reason, they just associate me with pissing in the shower. Uh, no, that's, that's actually the first time uh, I've been asked that and admitted that. It's <laughs> great It's answer. something to be ashamed yeah. of. No. Yeah, yeah one of the boys now. He'll be rocking around tracksuits yeah. next week, snatching phones. And <laughs> and that's the, that's yeah. the thing about the range and the topics on this podcast. Yeah, like we had Roddy Doyle on here and we we're talking about seagulls, the stuff yeah. he's wrote, the stuff he's uh, produced or whatever. Yeah. I'm pissing in the shower and he denied yeah. it. I said I didn't believe him and he got yeah. real aggro about yeah. yeah. Shouted at me then. I wasn't I, 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 um, I mean, you know, uh, like I remember. I'm sure this has happened to you as well. Please tell me it's happened to you as well. Like, you know, where you where you maybe had a bit too much to drink and you get up and you think you're in, in the bathroom and you're not. You're in your wardrobe or somewhere. Yeah. Or in the corner of the room. Has that happened? I, we don't drink. Right. right. Anymore. Any, well, right. yeah. Well, I haven't drank in a lot longer than Terence. So I don't think I've experienced enough drunken nights to have that happen right. to me. But what has happened to me and I think I think this is a thing because one or two people agreed. Have you ever had a dream that you are pissing in a toilet and then you wake up and you're pissing in the bed? Yeah. Has no, be honest. Have you ever had that dream like you'd be bursting in your sleep and in your dream you're walking to the bathroom and there's a toilet there? Not pissing in the toilet. But you had a dream dream that I was pissing. pissing. But obviously I was just (laughs) delirious. Yeah. (laughs) So it happened to me only about just before COVID I'd say it was. I had a dream that I was, I was obviously bursting to go to the toilet and I had a dream I was pissing in the toilet but 
then because it happened to me before I knew I was pissing in the bed and I jumped up and I managed to stop like before more like damage was done so you could go back to bed like, but it was only a little the bit. missus was beside me right, right? and I yeah. ran in I ended up, I had a piss and I came out I had a towel and all I was like bollocks and I was like she was like what's wrong I was like I'm not pissing in the bed and I was like trying to play it then I was like pissing in the bed like I'll put a towel down yeah. and I'll change the sheets in the morning and she's like breaking a half laughing you pissed the bed I was like yeah. right get over it like, you know what I mean yeah, so yeah. I knew then the second I woke yeah, up the next morning happen. I knew I was like right she's going to try and make a show me so I rang all my mates I put in the group chat I rang me ma and I rang home ma and I said I pissed the bed last night so she couldn't say I make a show me so you can't make a show with somebody who doesn't want to be embarrassed <laughs> yeah you know yeah. what I mean yeah and you know it's good to get those things out of the way early in a relationship as well I find yeah, this like, was only about two years ago. Yeah, we're at work. Yeah, like, yeah. Not the first time she's. No, not the first night. Not the first day. Hang on, what if you pissed yeah. the bed and then she's into it and you're like, all right, <laughs> you wrap yeah. this one up. No, but I do remember. Like I remember, like I was in uh, when I was a student. Like I would have been about eighteen, nineteen in Munich for the summer, and I was working in a in a restaurant. And we used so there was about like twenty people working in the restaurant from all over the world, Palestinians, Romanians, Irish lads, and uh, we were living in this kind of house. That was beside the restaurant. We used to work in the kitchens in the restaurant. And it was like, you can imagine, just chaos. Like there was about 10 people living in the one in the one room, you know, just in sleeping bags. And, you know, you'd be drinking every night or whatever. Uh, and I just remember this one night just getting up and basically pissing on my friend. <laughs> like I, I, like I, I, didn't, I didn't plan it. I didn't really remember it until he woke me and said, you know, what are you doing? And, and, and like he, he was sort of going, just, you know, move over there a little bit. <laughs> And then I remember as well, I did me washing in a bucket. So it, like one of those old margarine tubs or something like that. And uh, I, so I would have washed maybe about five or six pairs of underpants and three or four pairs of socks, whatever I had with me. And I completely forgot about it for about a month. And I came back and like it was all disintegrated, all me washing. Like it's just the way, you know, when, you, when you're a student away from home, like that's, that's why that's why the living. way it goes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that, how the fuck did we get talking about that? Pissing in beds, pissing, pissing in the, in the shower. shower. Yeah, I wanted to talk about like God, but there you go. <laughs> well, look, they go hand in hand. Right, well, we'll get into it then. Yeah, so all right, what we do with all our guests, we say, what's your name, where'd you come from, and tell us what life was like growing up. I was like Blind Date, remember with Silla Black? What's yeah, your name? Where'd yeah, you come yeah, from? yeah. Um, well, I, uh, my name is Ardle O'Hanlon. Uh, A-O-H. Yeah, real name. Um, and I come from Carrick Macross, County Monaghan. Banda County. Banda County, you could call it that. Uh, Green Diesel County. That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, grew, up in, grew up in Green Diesel. Uh, red Diesel uh, and Green Diesel, all the different colours of diesel. Uh, the Rainbow Diesel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was a small, small town near the border. Uh, troubles in the background, you know, um, which would spill over from time to time. I grew up in a, a house with how many three brothers two sisters and um my mother and father it's kind of like a happy happy childhood uh i suppose gang good gang is that eight years in the house yeah eight of us yeah 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 um i remember like three boys in the one room you know uh just yeah it was it was it was grand i i, I really don't know what to say about it you know mm. Well, you're the youngest, I think it was a happy childhood. In the middle. Oh yeah, I was the third. So I had an older sister, brother, me, brother, brother, younger sister. Mm -hmm. And so, what was it like uh, in school? What were you like in school? 
so the school, I was a kind of a, I was very quiet, like all through my childhood. I was very quiet. I had two passions in life. I loved football, soccer, and I loved um, reading, reading books. So I was kind of like a solitary kid in, insofar as like, uh, I mean, in school, I just played football all day long and after school. And then I would go to my room and I would read all night, all day and all night. I, and I would play football in the back garden on my own a lot of the time. And, and, and uh, you know, I would say I was a kind of observant kid, watchful kid, mm. kind of quiet. Like it was kind of odd, like, you know, I don't know, small town Ireland is, is a funny, is a funny place. Like, you know, we were quite middle class, you, you know, to, to, to use so that terminology. Of, you'd be fond of a cheese board? Fond of a cheese board, although that came much later in life. Yeah. Uh, um, my, my father was a doctor growing up and um, my mother was at home all the time. And, you know, but in a small town, like, you know, everyone keeps their head down. You know, you wouldn't, like, if you got new clothes, you wouldn't be allowed to wear them. That kind of thing. Because everybody knows everyone. Exactly. And especially, you know, being the doctor's son. I, I think you had to sort of, you know, just just keep your head down and not draw attention to yourself in any way. You know, you, like, there was huge respect for the doctor in the town, like, for a start. Uh, um, so, and you'd be very aware, like, uh, um, you know, at school, not that you couldn't, like, showing off was big taboo, uh, um, obviously. So, and I was quite good at school. But I always like pretended I wasn't. Yeah, it was really, really strange, you know. Like, and even to the extent that, like, I I didn't really have a very strong Carrick Macross accent. But when it came to my turn to read in class, I'd put on a really strong accent. Do you know what I mean? Why was that? Because you just want to fit in. Like, you you kind of you don't want to be different in any way. Like, my name was very strange. I I really I really had a problem with that. My name is Ardell. Like, it's a really strange name. There's no there's virtually no one else in the country called Ardell. Except me, and it was an old family name, um, um, and uh, it, it, uh, you know whatever it means, great courage or something in Irish. So uh, that's cool, no? Might be flaunting that when I was a kid. No, but you just want to be called John or Steve <laughs> or something, you know, when you're when you're that age, don't yeah. you? You know, you don't want to stand out in any way. Yeah, you just want to blend in. Uh, yeah, and even like, even on the football field, like playing Gaelic football for let's say up to under fourteen, under sixteen level, like. And I was quite good because I was a soccer player. So I was kind of skillful and, and all that. But like you deliberately wouldn't score sometimes. Mm. Or you wouldn't you wouldn't go on a solo run or anything like that. Because like not only the opposing team and opposing fans would be at you, your own fans would be like, would you stop that fucking arsing around and pass the ball? So what do you think that's really kind of bred into you to lie low? Yeah, it is. Like, like it's my like own family environment, but it's also it's also the border kind of way. You know, it's... It's very much keep your head down, very much say nothing. Mm. Uh, very much like nobody needs to know your business. Do you think this kind of spills over from the troubles? It's just like I that's do, I do. And, and even pre, pre-troubles, <laughs> like there was a long tradition of smuggling along the border as well. Um, you know, and so, yeah, I mean, you know, and also people from the north, northern counties generally are kind of like a bit sort of deadpan by nature. You know, it definitely fed into my humour later on. Yeah, like you meet some of the funniest people ever, but you never really knew what people were talking about. Do you know what I mean? Like winking was the main form of communication. You yeah. know, people you would never know what anyone was thinking. Ooh, so yeah. like it'd be like a wink, and that could mean anything. Yeah, you know? yeah, it could mean like I love you, or yeah. it could mean do you want to buy a pup? You know, yeah. <laughs> like so. And even when people are joking, they're winking. Like, yeah. yeah, and yeah. even when they're serious, they're winking. And even when they're serious, they're winking. And yeah. like so, so, and and it's that deadpan way of talking. Like it's literally. So bone dry, so deadpan. Um, and it's a bit like an Omerta kind of thing, though, isn't it? 
like saying nothing. Yeah, it is. It is, you know, and, and like, especially around the time of the Troubles and say the hunger strikes and all that, um, you know, you just had to, you just had to like, like, like be careful in that, you know, like, like I remember walking home from a nightclub when I was 15, there was a nightclub about five miles from the town, really strange place, legendary place called the Oasis. People used to come from all over the North, Armagh, Belfast, everywhere to this place. It was, it was, it was legendary, like 5,000 people there. I remember hitching home one night, I, I, I told on my own, about three in the morning, whatever. And, um, you know, some fella comes out of the trees and he starts walking with me. And then, he, you know, he asked me, like, do you want to go training? With, and I'm winking. What, what is he talking about? Football training? What kind of training? And it was, you know, a different type of training, you know, uh, uh, in, in, in the woods. So, like, you know, that kind of thing with dance, you just had to be, you know, you were just, you just, you just knew, you know, you were watchful all the time. You'd eyes in the back of your head, like. Was the family home like isolated? No, it wasn't. It was in the town. It was like, it, 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 it was sort of on the, well, on the outskirts of town. Uh, and, you know, got on with everyone. Uh, one of my neighbours, next door neighbour was a pig farm. Like, you know, so it was kind of like on the outskirts of town. There was farms all around us, pig farms and everything else. I used to work in pig farms growing up. Um, and uh, so, you know, it was kind of like, it was kind of like a, I suppose, you know, I suppose a happy childhood, but you've nothing to go on. Like you've nothing to compare it to. Yeah, like yeah, you just, exactly. you don't that's know, you, you know, yeah. that's all you know. But like, you know, you, um, you keep, you know, you keep your eyes open and you, you try to, you know, you, 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 you kind of see what's going on. Like the other thing was like, so, so my father was a doctor and he used to work all the hours of the day and night. Um, and a lot of his patients would pay him in eggs or turkeys or chickens or something, you know, and there was all that kind of thing going on. Uh, then he got into politics, and so there was literally always hundreds of people in my house. Mm. Yeah. So that was a great education as well. Yeah. You know, you had so you had the people coming and going all the time. Like the door was always open. There was always people coming in. I'd be dealing with stuff. I learned to drive when I was fourteen. When uh, when a fella arrived at the front door, and um, <clears throat> his uh, he had just cut his leg off with a chainsaw. Um, so his leg was literally hanging off. And at the age of 14, you could smell the blood, see the blood coming out through his trousers. And somehow he'd got to our house in his little Fiat 124 or whatever. And um, he uh, and my father wasn't around that day. And there was another doctor who lives about a mile away. And uh, he said, I can't, I can't drive anymore. He was very faint, white face. And he asked me to drive him down to the other doctor's house. That was my first ever time driving, like behind the car. This fella with his leg hanging off, teaching me how to drive first gear all the way you know <laughs> like it was extraordinary so people coming and going all the time and that kind of crack that border crack like i mean you mightn't even think it's cracked but like it's 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 sharp and it's fucking mm -hmm. dark it's dark as fuck like it's really that's because you are amped up constantly yeah yeah so you're yeah. always up here yeah well, that's, how, that's why i think like when you go up north, everything is so intimidating. Like people, in, when I go to Belfast, I think anyone just talking to you is intimidating. And they'll yeah. be like, how are you? How are you getting on? And you're like, fuck. And they're all sound. They're I all know. bang on. I've never met someone I know, from yeah. the north that wasn't bang on to me. I know. And it's like that at home. Everyone's great. It's just that an outsider would not know what they're thinking. No. Yeah. And sometimes I used to think like, are they even, like, do we even have emotions? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like we're very, the register is very narrow. You know what I mean? Like in terms of emotions. You never get too happy or you never get too down. Yeah. So it's all in there. All Just in the mono. Like if someone won the lottery, you'd be like, oh, yeah, I won, won, Give the, it a wink. won the fucking lottery. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, are you happy about it? Or if someone, you know, lost their husband, ah, he's gone. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, it's, 
It's like it's just so deadpan the whole time. Yeah. But you learn to navigate that a bit, you know, and um, and then there was the kind of the politics side of things, you know, you, you had all these people coming in with their, with their issues. So you become very aware of that, you know, like yeah. social issues, social problems. Uh, uh, so your dad was the local TD. He like. was the local TD then for a long time and the doctor. He was doing both at the one time. So he'd be going from the surgery to the, to the room where he saw the, the constituents and back to the surgery again all day long. Like very hard work and same as you like politicians. And, and, you know, I've got my own views about politicians as well. But like, you know, I know from, from my experience growing up with him, how hardworking he was, like 18 hours yeah. a day minimum, you know. But um, it was uh, it was a funny, yeah, it was grand. A lot of books in the house, Yeah, I would say, you know. It sounds like you're, uh, you're in an environment where you're going to learn a lot. Mm. And not just academic-wise, but in life. Much more than academic, yeah, exactly. You know, like yeah. someone come in and tell you, oh, that fellow who... Cut his leg off the chain, so this is actually what he did wrong. This tendon got severed and that. Yeah. But it also teach you a lesson as well. Yeah. Like, you know yeah. What I mean? yeah. But the next he, time a fellow knocks at the door like that, don't answer. Yeah. <laughs> but even just being around all these people and exposed to them and the chat, and they're always chatting to you and always giving you a guff. And, you know, they'd, be, they'd, they'd tell you their problems. Mm, like yeah. from the age of six, seven, eight, nine, they'd be telling you like about the trouble they were having with whatever it was, planning permission or something. Um, I always remember a story as well, my, my father. Like he'd get all types in there, and a lot of the a lot of the the problems would be very real and very serious, you know. But um, a lot of them wouldn't. Like I remember one fella came in like genuinely seriously, and he he asked my father, could he get Hawaii Five O back on the telly? Fuck off! So this is, you know, <laughs> this is the type of thing you'd be dealing with as well. But I mean, you know, I love I love the town. Like it's, it's you know, it's 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 like. It's not. It's not a love hate thing. But it, it, you know, I, I, I did. I did really love it. You know, I, I. Yeah, and you went to school down here, though, didn't you? You went to secondary down here. I went to secondary school down he- here. I did the first year there, and then I went to the secondary school in Dublin. Yeah. 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 What was all that about? It was. I don't know. Again, I suppose. I suppose like there is a tradition uh, in small towns in Ireland for like the sort of professional classes if you want to call them that to send their children away to boarding school to um the thinking being that it's the best education money can buy i don't necessarily agree with that Mm. i certainly wouldn't have sent a child of mine to a boarding school um it was like to keep you out of trouble as much as anything else as well you know um why did you say it like that like did it not keep you out of trouble oh you were like oh it wouldn't necessarily say my one no, but I think like they'd be, they'd be afraid you'd get someone pregnant or something like that, or yeah. you know you'd get in with the wrong crowd, or you know, and, and like it's never it's never spelled out. Nothing is ever spelled out yeah. in rural Ireland. You know, it's all this is how you interpret it later on or whatever. Mm. Um, and you know, your parents do the best they can for you, and they think this is the best thing they can do for you. Yeah. I personally don't think it is. Like mm. I don't think separating a twelve-year-old, very innocent boy, from his mother. And his brothers and sisters is a good idea. I don't. I don't. I don't. I. I don't think. I. I. I don't think I'll ever think that. Yeah. You know, it shapes you in a, in a, in 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 all sorts of ways, good ways and bad ways. But you know, I don't think it's. I don't think it's. It's a great thing to do. So does your struggle because of that then? Well, I mean, struggle. Like it's like, it, it, you know, uh, it was grand. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's 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 you you fit in with it. You do what you're told to do. You you accept it. You accept. You accept, you know, you like, you know, of course it's a it's a huge privilege. At least you're told it's a huge privilege all your life that it's a huge privilege. Going to a private school, yeah. kind of going thing. to a private school yeah. is a huge privilege. Like, 
I suppose if you want to be a rugby player, it's a, yeah, it's a big perfect. privilege. Yeah. If you if you want to go into business or the professions, it may well be a privilege later in life that having that school on your CV is yeah. probably a and great the help. network as well. And you're the going, network is probably a great help. Being a, being a stand-up comedian is yeah. not a great help. No. Like, <laughs> you know, the one thing about doing stand-up comedy and or acting or any of those things, like there is a certain meritocracy there, you know, mm. where you stand on your own two feet and no one gives a shite what school you went to. Yeah. And yeah. particularly when you go to England, no one gives a shite what school you went to. In Ireland, there's a little bit of an obsession about what school you went to. Yeah. But, but um, you know, uh, like, I, like I, I don't think it shaped me like it, it was, it, it, you know, it was the only thing that shaped me or, or the most important thing that shaped me. Like, I think obviously things like gender, social class, race, all those things are hugely important. Yeah. But so are so many other things like your own, you know, like, like your ability, your, 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 like you might have a disability, you might have mental health issues, you might, you know, where you come in the family, third child, that, that would have a bearing on you. You know, your relationship with your parents, with your mother, with your father, all these things, hugely important. And, in who you are so and i think like you can you can you can you know you know you can you can categorize people the way you're categorized all your lives the way you know you can categorize people uh, you know for in all sorts of ways and uh um so like you know uh i i kind of turn me back on all that anyway like you know and i don't mean you know I, I, like i don't mean i i i resent it or anything like that but you know i want like from an early age i was kind of stubborn I like reading, I like writing, uh, I liked having fun and I ended up uh, drifting into comedy after, after school, mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, very determined to, to sort of, to sort of make my own way in life. And while, while acknowledging that I came from a very comfortable background yeah, and not walking, not, 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 not pretending I didn't for a moment, yeah. but you know, um, like very determined to make my own way in life. Yeah, because there is a bit of a weird one when you think about like how you're going to stand with comedy when on paper, like your dad's the local doctor, he's a TD, you go to private school in Dublin and then you're going to stand with comedy then. Yeah, it's almost like, we're well, kind of like the black sheep in a family that way. Yeah, in a, in a way. I mean, they're all black sheeps in different ways, <laughs> I suppose, you yeah. know, like, uh, I mean, it's who you are, you know, like, like I was, when I say, like I was quiet, I was sort of, I wouldn't say gloomy, but I, 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 I was like, I mean, it's, it's, it's like I was sort of, um, or even moody's not the right word, but you know, I just knew from a very early age that, like, it, you know, oh, I mean, I don't even know how to put it. You know that um, life was absurd. You know, that's the only way I can put it. Uh, that you know, all this thing going to work. Like, I was very, very, very influenced by the troubles growing up. Watch. I, I used to read the paper from cover to cover from the age of about seven. I used to watch the nightly news, all the carnage, murder and bombing every single night. And I always thought from quite a young age, it's like, how the fuck can people carry on with their lives while all this is going on down the road? Mm. So like things like getting a job and things like that were just not in my mindset ever. You know what I mean? It was always about creating something or um, expressing something within yourself, you know, so whether that was in writing, I always thought I was going to be a writer. That was my, like the first thing, like from very early age, I thought I wanted to write books. Um, and then, and then I went to college in NIHE Dublin and uh, did communication studies. So even that was kind of thinking maybe journalism or something like that and, uh, or radio broadcasting or something. And 
and I fell into comedy there and that's that's how I started doing that. So I never quite got around to the writing how, for, how for many years. How did you just fall into comedy though? Like yeah. how do you just say, do you know what, I'm going to do this where I'll go up on stage and make a lot of people laugh. Well, because I always had this view of life, like this take on life. So I was always there, like I wouldn't say like sniggering in the corner at everything yeah. going on, but I always had this sort of satirical view of things, Yeah, you know, so, so like I, I don't quite know where that came from, but so it started with debating in college. So I started debating and like, I was like, you've no idea. Like I was a shy, awkward country lad. And that's you know? why I'm at the main thing. Had you got like a close group of friends? Yes. I yeah. did have a close group of friends. I always had a close group of friends. Not in primary school. I had no friends. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean no friends. You just didn't need friends. I had loads just of brothers and sisters. Yeah. Associates and people I played football with. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't speak. You'd play football for eight hours solid, but you wouldn't talk <laughs> yeah. ever, you know. But um, but I always had a good close-knit group of friends at school and um, we used to have a good laugh. And uh, then in college, I had a very close-knit group of friends and that was a great laugh. Because it assumed like, that's nearly where most comedians would start. They'd have like that close knit group of friends saying, "This cunt is funny. Like he's yeah, witty. Yeah. He mm. could get down yeah. that road." Well, I do remember, like, so my very last month in school, so in the posh boarding school uh, in Dublin, um, and I was quiet at school. Like most people outside my own little circle wouldn't know I existed. That's that's a fact. Uh, and shy, like cripplingly shy, like always oh, red faced, sweating all the time. Like seriously, like like it was, you know, it was, uh, it was. Um, you know, it's uh, it's painful to remember it. But uh, I do remember, so there was a school debate at the end of the year and all the boys who, you know, you'd expect were up there doing that debate. So they were the lads who would have been prefects and would have been, you know, um, quite prominent, maybe some of them good rugby players and stuff. And then there was me, like my friends pushed me forward to it and, and uh, I had written this like ridiculous speech and um, totally unrelated to the motion in question and um i did it and it just it brought the house down mm. so all these people going who's your man like sweating <laughs> with the red face <laughs> and uh that was me and, and i and, and i got such a kick from that such a rush from that like i can't describe it to you like as good as as good a you know as good a reaction as as as, as you get today do you know what i mean it was yeah. like like it, it it doesn't get any better than that that first time so then when i went into college you know same thing push myself to get up there and do that. Um, join the debate. And again, just taking the piss. Just, you know, you know, you know, you have this thing, the Irish Times debating competition every year for all the colleges. So it's mostly people who go on to become lawyers or politicians. And again, I went up for it and just, um, just tried to be funny. Mm. And, and it, it worked, you know, like whatever, whatever was going on, it was just funny. And, and uh, uh, you just had a knack for it. Yeah, yeah, you know, and and a, and a, and a style that, and I and I realised the style was from growing up in Carrickman Cross, County Monaghan. This kind of it was like bewildered, sort of like what's going on, kind of a, a thing, and you know, just saying a really like funny, satirical, witty thing, and you know, and cutting, quite cutting, you know, mm. as well. And it would it would it would make people laugh. And so I used to have my own little followers then yeah. for a while in college, which was great. So what what age did you start getting the neck for comedy then? So it would have been then after college. So like it would have been around, um, tw um, so I would have left college in uh, 2000. No, not in, <laughs> what the fuck? 19, left college very late, did you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 1997. So 1997, I left college. Big recession in Ireland at the time. 
um, most people emigrating. Yeah. Like uh, there was very few jobs for people who did communication studies in NIHG Dublin. Like uh, uh, you know, and and virtually everyone ended up doing something entirely different. And so myself and two of my friends, we 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 um, we just had it in our heads we were going to set up a comedy club. There was nothing like this in Dublin at the time, like nothing. Uh, um, and one of my friends had been to London the year before uh, the summer he'd worked in London during the summer he'd gone to the comedy store in London Leicester Square which was like a big kind of mecca for comedy so he came back saying you know he's seen the light and this is what we need to do in Dublin so it took us about a year to get our act together like we were we were on the dole we were we were playing football in you know parks morning to night that's all we did and um, but we were writing little snippets of things little sketches and things and then the three of us got together we were four at one stage and we got together and we started writing a load of sketches and we went into the international bar in dublin and we started up the comedy cellar mm-hmm. upstairs and we did it once a month to begin with and then it was kind of once every week after about maybe a year of that once a week but it was like it was nothing it was like one gig a month but you get like it was great and did you have to have a conversation with your dad about going into comedy after him I still haven't told him. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't bring myself to tell him. He'd be fucked if he listens to this podcast. And he'd, be, he'd be devastated. Yeah, because like a lot of people, when they venture out into something mad, where like a successful, when the parents are successful, yeah. it's like sort of shown upon. It's like, don't fucking do that. Will you no, just got a steady it's job? It's very uncomfortable, you know, like, like you know, I mean... You know, you, you don't want to be like living in your parents' shadow or you don't want to be defined by what your father does or anything like that, you know. So yeah. you, you, you you try to forge your own path as best as you can. And like this was all really low, small scale stuff. There was three or four of us involved, a few more people joined in. So maybe there was six or seven, a little group forming, a little nucleus of like-minded people. And we used to go in there and it was just brilliant, you know. It was just brilliant. It was like a little self-help group, you know, everyone helping each other, talking about each other's material afterwards, going, you know, I might, would you not change that? Would you not think of dropping that bit and maybe try something like this? So it was really co- collaborative, you know, cooperative. Mm. And um, I mean, those those early days, like, don't get me wrong, you know, I, I actually, during the first year of the disaster that's recently befallen us all, I found some old diaries that I kept from that time. And I was doing a big clean out of the house and uh, Jesus, it was, I felt very sorry for the young man. Uh, so I would have been about 21 or 22 or whatever. And geez, it was gloomy shit. There you are, right? Yeah, it was really gloomy. Like it was hopeless. Yeah. So there was the one, there was the one like, like light in our lives that like once a week in the international bar and it was just brilliant. So you just, your whole world revolved around that and you went in there, did your sketches in front of the 50 people and then little bits of stand up start growing and growing. And uh, then you go out afterwards and like that was it. That was life. And it felt, it felt kind of cool on the one hand, but on the other hand, it felt like, geez, this is going nowhere. Yeah. You know, what are we doing? Mm. So did you see the potential though? No. You couldn't. So why did you stick out? I don't know. I was just obviously... very stubborn. Like yeah. very, very stubborn. And just enjoying it. Just enjoying it. Like, yeah. like, 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 you know, you get a big kick out of doing it. Yeah. I have to say. Um, you have to be funny though. You have to be funny. Like, like I, I, I would. I've seen a lot of people like continue to do it long after like it was clear that they weren't funny. Yeah. Like, there's no That's doubt about it. There was a lot of people like that, and you just kind of going, Jesus, please spare yourself. Yeah. I would have stopped. I know I'd have the cop on. To, I would have stopped like the first time people didn't find it funny. 
And you moved you know. to London, didn't you? I did, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was that true comedy. You said, you know what? It'd be better if I moved to London. Oh, yeah, what? no, absolutely. That's absolutely. what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then you start seeing the potential. Then yeah, so it was like it was it was to give it one last go. It was to give it a proper go, and then I actually said I said it to my girlfriend and at the time, um, who's my wife, and uh, you know, it was, I was about twenty eight by this stage. So like you're talking six years, five or six years of arson around Dublin. And you're hitting your late 20s now. As hitting well. your late 20s. Everyone is in jobs. So it's kind of soul destroying watching all that going on around you. You know, and, and like no money, you know, you know, you're thinking like life is just passing me by here. You've got the little consolation of being an artist. Yeah. And Dublin in those days, unlike today, you could be an artist in the city centre. I used to live in New Bride Street in there behind Whelan's and mm. Wexford Street beside the Mead Hospital. And it was fantastic. You know, you're right in the heart of town. Lads that come around, you play chess with them or whatever. Uh, um, you like, like uh, play cards all night, you know, um, play football in the parks. It was, uh, you know, there was there were consolations. Mm. Like, you know, and, and everyone was going around with a guitar in their hand in those days. You'd see fellas reading poetry on Grafton Street and they were all living in town. So, you, you, you know, it, it was different. There was a real bohemian vibe to the place yeah. in those days. There was loads of bands as well. You know, you'd be going to bands every night. Really unique characters everywhere, like sort of. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, you know, so the, so, the, so there was that and I wouldn't swap it for anything. It was a great, it was a great foundation. Do you know what I mean? Like, and then by the time I went to London, when I was 28, I was ready for anything. Mm. Literally anything. And um, hit the ground running when I got over there. Mm. So talk to us about it. So we, when you got over to London there, how do you hit the ground running? Where do you get your first gig? So you, you, you would have met comedians over the years. We would have done the odd Edinburgh Festival the, with, with the sketch group, Mr. Trellis. And um, you would have met comedians there and stuff like that. So you'd have, you'd have a, a phone book full of contacts and stuff. So I would have rang a few people, Irish comedians. There was a guy called Michael Redmond over there, well-established Irish comedian, really funny. He played Father Stone and Father Ted, yeah. if, you, if, if yeah, anyone remember remembers that, that yeah. show. Uh, and he was a lovely fella, friend of mine. And um, there was a few others like him. And you'd ring them first of all and say, listen, is there any chance of getting an open spot somewhere? So it was just open spots, unpaid open spots. And uh, so you'd build up, I, I kind of like in the month or so before I went, I'd sort of had a collection of gigs to go to. And then, um, and then you entered these competitions and I won a few competitions in my first month in London. One of them was the Hackney Empire, New Act of the Year. Um, one of them was Spitting Image, <laughs> something, I don't know. And um, so that get, gets you off the ground. People start noticing you and then they start offering you gigs. Mm -hmm. yeah. So before long, I was doing five or six gigs a week and, you know, things were beginning to take off. And That was tipping over for you. That was yeah. paying the bills and the money yeah, was coming absolutely. in. Absolutely. The money was coming in. First time in my life, money was coming in and it was, uh, you know, you get a great kick out of it, traveling up and down the country. And, you know, finally, finally, it was like, but it was about proving it to myself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I, I, I've always been racked with self-doubt ever since I was a, a kid, you know, yeah. and I, and then, uh, you know, and even, even now, like it still would be, uh, the doubt never really goes away, but like by constant reinforcement of people actually laughing at you, that that's... Builds confidence. Builds confidence over time. So. I think it's fair to say you're probably an established comedian at this stage. I don't tours up and down the country and all. How did you find gigging and like, have you got a... Me a me ugh, fucking have I a flip-flop in flip the milk. <laughs> have you got like a memory of your best gig and your worst gig? Are you able to say, like, this one house was best and this one house definitely. That was horrible. It was, I died of death. It's a great question, Colin. Yeah. No, I can definitely t t remember the, the bad ones. Like, I don't remember the good ones, but I remember the bad ones. Like, I remember, um, 
Like I remember one stands out for me in uh, it was in it was in Basildon in Essex, mm. and it was in a cinema complex. So if you can imagine like a cinema with three or four different screens and a big lobby, brightly lit, people playing fruit machines in the corner, in Motorhead t-shirts, and I had a plug-in mic, to, like literally with a three-pin plug in it. They used to, I, I, have you ever seen a mic like that? No. Like, so, so, so some, some guy, so this is a comedy event run by the council or something. And you, 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 you travel down from London on the train and the guy doesn't really know what's going on, but he gives you the plug in mic and you stand in a corner, like in, like in the corner of a room, plug in the mic and you start talking and literally no one looked around at me. Like, because the mic is like, like no one can hear you. And they're just walking in and out of the cinema. And they're playing the fruit machine. No one, even not one person looked at me. So like you'd remember gigs like that. Yeah. Did you get paid for that? 100 quid or something. Like it was. you take it? Absolutely. You'd do any gig for money. You know, um, prisons. Remember remember doing gigs in prisons as well? Yeah. In Ireland? In In Ireland, actually, in Wheatfield. (laughs) (laughs) Up to the boys? Yeah. Uh, How'd that go with you? That was, well, there was two different ones, actually. There was one. Um, there was one for the sex offenders didn't go so well uh, <laughs> it was kind of thankless I mean it was you know and it was obviously a social worker asked you to do it you know and, yeah. and uh, so you, you were doing it for nothing and you were doing it because you were asked to do it like uh, so there's no benefit to that there's absolutely no benefit <laughs> um, uh, it was traumatic and um, but the other one we did one like an improv gig once in sort of the mainstream prison. And I guess like the people who were at the gig were probably some of the more outgoing members of the prison population. Like, and so they were up for the, up for a laugh and it was kind of like, so, so, and it's improv. So you're asking for suggestions, yeah. which is asking for trouble in a way. Cause like, you know, they were like, I can't really remember, but you know, they, they'd be, uh, they'd be trying to, sh- they'd be sh- shouting shocking things really. But it was also <laughs> trying to like, you know, um, get the, get the screws in trouble. That yeah. was the, you know, and, and, and using names of like screws. We wouldn't have known who they were talking about, but everyone would roll around the place laughing, you know? Yeah. So we'd have to incorporate those names into the sketch that you do. Yeah. And uh, so that was, that was a, that was a very successful gig. Like that went that went very well and you could see the benefit in doing that. But yeah. So you would do like, like my policy at the time was to do any gig I was asked to do. Yeah. You, know, you just didn't yeah. get yourself out there ask questions yeah, so you do hustle, you do Christmas parties you do anything like and mm. to get the experience under your belt yeah and so then you'd be ready for everything you know and over time like as you get better at, at your job and and you do more and more gigs like then you get to choose a bit more where you yeah. play you know yeah. and then you end up in theaters before you know it like after especially after I start doing father Ted and stuff like that you know you, you end up you end up working in, in in theaters which brings its own new set of challenges by the way like but what? Well, expectations yeah, are yeah. high, you know, yeah, like yeah. people are expecting an awful lot from you. They've seen you on the telly now, you know, and, then, you, and you have to make me laugh now. Yeah, absolutely. And you mightn't be quite ready for the big step up, you know. Mm. So, so that, what is the peak of your stand-up career then? Um, like your favourite moment? Because <laughs> you've done a lot of tours in America and all, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, 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 I have. I, I remember like, I mean, this, 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 I remember being introduced like in, at the Montreal Festival, being introduced by William Shatner. From uh, Star Trek? From Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> on stage to 3,000 people. But like, you know, he got my name wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and he said I was from England. So, uh, Bollocks, huh? um, but you know, ah, look, I mean, 
it's hard to say. Like, I mean, every gig is very enjoyable. You know, mm. like like I always look, I I always enjoy the process of it. I love the writing of it. I love the, you know, trying it out in the international bar. I love, I love, um, I love going on the road. And you know, and, you know, just like I like. So I mean, highlights. It's hard to say. You know. Also, you must remember, I am from Monaghan. So like the 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 pleasure only lasts. For a minute or two <laughs> after the gig, and then you start worrying again. Oh Jesus! Yeah. You know that's what I was going to ask. Cause you said you were very shy and you didn't like all this growing up. Did that ever like feed into your stand up? Did you ever like be dreading it, like bollocks just to go on stage now and fuck? I don't want to go out there, kind of thing. Well, like I, I, I always think you, you kind of use whatever you have. So you use your energy. So if if your thing like is is a, a low energy thing, and and times it is low energy, and it's it's um it's more character based sometimes. Like it certainly was in the earlier days. It was more like the Dougal character that I later played. So that was kind of my stand-up persona for a little while. You know, it was kind of like very mannered, very style, stylized, you know, very kind of like character based, you know, kind of, ooh, mm. what's going on sort of thing. And, um, oh, but over time that becomes a bit different. You know, you get more confidence and you believe in yourself more. You also have more confidence in your own opinions about the world and about things generally. So you kind of feel braver. But that takes time. Like it took me a lot of time. It doesn't take everyone. So you don't get time. nervous anymore. I wouldn't like say I get nervous know. anymore. Like you'd still, you'd still have the doubts. Yeah. But you you just get up there and do it. You know. Um, but yeah, yeah. But you know, it's funny. Like shyness is, you know, like I I don't know. It, you know, I, I like I I I love quiet people. You know, I love like noisy people as well. But quiet people have a lot to offer too. You know, and and they're not always given the credit for it. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, like, you know, there's all sorts of ways to skin a cat, you know, and, and uh, uh, like, I don't know. So you use that a bit. Like, there's a big difference between standing in front of a thousand people on stage and being in a room with seven people. And you, you see people, and I know a lot of performers who are cripplingly shy, like they wouldn't, they wouldn't talk to you in a room, but no problem getting up in front of thousands of people. Yeah. Because you put a suit of armor on you when you do that. Like whereas you walk into a room, like, like I remember, like I used to be quite, um, I would have, I would have suffered from, like I suppose, and it's only looking back now that I know these terms, like social anxiety, for example. Yeah. So you'd be, you'd be, like I remember, you know, there'd be days I, I wouldn't leave the house for days. That would have happened, you know, like, like uh, growing up, um, unless I had to be in a certain place at a certain time. But if it was just like, you know, we're all meeting in the in the palace bar or something. You know, you'd be almost there. You'd walk into town. You'd almost be there. And you turn around and go, mm, mad, because you just wouldn't know who was going to be there. And they get the better you, kind of thing. Get the better you, and it'd be all in your own head. Yeah, like mm. there wouldn't nobody have any problem with you. Everyone loved me. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. Like you, you just, you just get into your head that I'm not wanted here, or, or you know, like so. It's funny, but then, but then when you step out on stage. It's almost like someone injects you with uh, a magic serum, you know, where where you 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 know you just like it's a jolt of adrenaline, like that 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 just you transforms you as yeah, a human being. It's probably just like a reassurance from the crowd. You know what I mean? You're probably down yourself, and then you get out there, you hear yeah. all these people cheering by you, like fuck. Now actually, yeah. these do want to, these want me here. Yeah. That kind of thing. I probably overshadows then the doubt that you had. Like, I'm, I'm I wanted here. Kind yeah. of who, who who's here? Who who's looking at me? Yeah. And you're like, no, actually, I'm supposed to be here. These yeah. are here for me. Yeah, but it's also like your built-in processes. You hear athletes talking about their processes. Yeah. Now, you know, it was never that scientific with comedians. 
like you don't have life coaches and you don't have a coach and you don't have like a, um, you know, a, a, like one of those kind of, uh, what do you call those experts who, you know, psychiatrists, psychiatrists, like, you know, sports psychologists and things like that. But a similar thing, you have your processes. So as long as you, you know, you follow your processes, do you know what I mean? You know, it's second nature, it's in your bones. So that timing thing and, you know, like, you know, you have your opening lines that always work for you. Yeah. yeah. And as soon as you say those opening lines, the audience start laughing and you start relaxing and... And they start relaxing. They start relaxing, the absolutely. Thing, yeah. And then, and then yeah. but as I say, that wouldn't be a problem so much now. Like, like although, like, who knows, the last two years has just disrupted everything, you know, yeah. um, possibly terminally. I don't know. But, um, uh, you know, certainly in the last tour I did, I did a big tour 2019, like up to March 2020, up to the time uh, the pandemic started. And uh, it was the most enjoyable tour of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, I loved it. Yeah. Um, I don't know what I don't know what it was. Definitely something changed with me over the years. Mm. Really, Arl, I know. <laughs> I know you obviously do get it. Enough about me. Yeah, no, we're going to have to, <laughs> we kind of do have to touch on the TED stuff because this is something that we grew up on. It's just constantly on the telly. So like, it's hard to get away from it. And obviously, you, you obviously must find it fucking very hard to get away from it as well. I suppose I do, yeah. Um, I do insofar as like, uh, it was, it like, like I loved it. Mm. And, I, and, I, and I'm so, like I can't, you know, I, I, like to this day, I can't believe that I was in it and yeah. in something that was so popular and that still endures to this day. So, you know, like I, I wouldn't, you know, it, it was an amazing experience to be part of. But it was a very short part of my life. Yeah. When you think about it, like I like I was only in it for three short seasons. Like we did six episodes, then we did ten, then we did eight, and then we did a Christmas special. So twenty five episodes in total over the space of about three years. Mm. So that was my like you know absolute commitment to that at the time. And so uh, so like I, I actually don't mind talking about it at all. I know there are a lot of people who are associated with one particular character who I mean, hate yeah, talking yeah. about it because it's all they're associated with. But I hope that I've done enough in my life in other ways to, you know, distance myself from that a bit as well. Yeah. Now, not in everyone's minds. Obviously, a lot of people who are listening to this probably, if they know me at all, they know me for that. Yeah. the Dougal fella. For the Dougal fella. Yeah. And, you know, so, so like, I can't escape it. Like, I can't. Yeah. And there was times when I did get a bit narky about it. Like, I did try and walk away from it. Like, you know, I'm not just Dougal. You yeah, know, yeah. I'm a real human being. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh you know, and, and I suppose like from the point of view of like, you know, career and everything and work wise, like as soon as that was over, that was it, it, was it. that was it in yeah. terms of like income and everything, you know, yeah. and, 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 and it was my first proper paying job, by the way. Yeah. Um, uh, and, um, and then, but like the next day you're literally going to your next job, you know, your, your next gig, your next, where do I have to be tonight? Uh, getting up in the morning going, what do I do? And trying to write jokes and trying to write other stuff, trying to write novels and trying to write, you know, TV stuff. And, and it's just nearly uh, a stepping stone. Yeah, it, direction it, it, it was like, uh, uh, I mean, uh, you know, it definitely opened doors. There's no yeah. question about it. And then you end up doing other TV jobs and stuff like that. But it's like, because it's so popular, like, and that's something you just can't legislate for. You don't know what shows are going to work and what aren't, you know, even, mm. when, even if you're enjoying it at the time and everything seems to be going very well. Like I've been in loads of shows that, had a lot of promise, mm. but they just didn't take off, yeah, take off yeah. you know. Uh, and it's not to say those jobs are just as enjoyable because it's the process. It's the hanging around during the day. It's the working out the problems. It's, you know, trying to come up with a better line. It's all those things. That's that's the real pleasure for the actors involved. Yeah. 
you know? So I have a bit of news for you. Yeah. It's a little cheek line gonna let you in on. <laughs> I only ever watched my first episode of Father Ted today. You're joking. Now I know who Dougal is, I know who Idle Handlin is, but I'd never sat down and watched an episode of Father Ted before. So ever. before when you went out to get the water earlier, I told you uh, Terence hasn't seen many films yeah. or anything like that. And he never seen Father Ted either. That's incredible. Now obviously the lads is like, you have to watch Father Ted. And obviously I know who Dougal is, who Father Ted is, but I'd never sat down and watched an episode yeah. until today. And I watched, what episodes did I watch? What episodes would you recommend? If you were to see, like, someone in Terrence's shows, Ardell, and you would say, right, look, I was on this show, right, and it was brilliant. You have to sell it to him, give him three episodes, what would you pick? And before you do that, has anybody ever said to you that you haven't watched an episode of Father Ted? Yeah, no, I have. I've, I, I, like, first of all, I would never assume that anyone has. So I don't hold it against you, Terence, not for a moment. But uh, it's not fine. It's Bastard. not personal in any way. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> No, I know, I know. Like, but the shape bastard. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, uh, um, no. I wouldn't. I would never assume. Like people have said it to me before, and people like would make a point. People will will make a point to tell you how much they hate it as well. Ah, fuck off. You know, like negative. Uh, oh god, yeah, yeah. Mm. I remember. Um, it wasn't actually a Catholic priest, but it was a Protestant vicar came up to me one day in London, and he pinned me up against the wall, and he said, "You think you think that's funny, isn't it? Mocking the clergy like that." And, uh, you know, and he, 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 like, veins popping out of his neck at the time. And, he, like, he was, he was going to punch me. He was yeah. really, really angry. He was just saying, you know, you have you any idea the work we do and people ridiculing us because of you, you know. And, and like, you know, rightly so. The clergy do great work. I, I have no problem <laughs> with that. I'm huge admiration for most of the clergy, you know, that do great work in terms of comforting the bereaved and looking after the sick and, you know, giving people spiritual guidance and all those things. Like, absolutely, I'm all, I'm all uh, totally for it. Like, um, but I mean, this guy just had a real problem with our show. Like, because we were... I was going to say, if there was anybody that could have a chip in that show that are a problem with the show, it would be. Yeah, yeah, it would be. But most of them like it. Like, uh, any any priest I've met, most of the priests I've met, like, do kind of like it because... They because still have you, but they have emotions. They of course they have. And they also recognize that it was true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they know all the characters that come in and out of it. Anyway, to answer the question uh, in terms of like good episodes to recommend, what, what would you recommend? Top three, right? Right now, I want, I want you to recommend it because he's told me the recommendations. Yeah. And I've watched them and he said to me, I bet you Ardell would recommend this. So what would okay, be your well, recommendations? I think, I think the first one I'd recommend would be uh, it's... Did you ever see the film Speed? Got it. Oh, is that Speed 3? Speed 3, yeah. Speed 3, yeah. 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 Right. He's never seen, but you actually never have seen the film Speed, so you don't know why that episode was funny. But you probably yeah, wouldn't have... was fucking gas. Yeah, but I mean, like, you don't get, like... Was that reference and things in there? Well, in the film... the funny? Yeah. Yeah. In, in, the, <laughs> in the film Speed, right? It's set in LA. Is it LA? Yeah. Uh, Keanu Reeves is in it. He's a copper. There's a fellow who puts a bomb on the bus... And when the bomb goes over 50 miles an hour, it's activated. And if it goes below 50 oh my miles God, an I hour. I did see that film before. Yeah. So yeah. that's the whole point. And then there was, another one where a boat, <laughs> there was another one where a boat, which was shy. And then this was obviously speed three then, you know, right. with the milk flow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's that, that was one I said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's a really good episode. Yeah, like, yeah. brilliant and, episode. And I think Dougal had a fair bit to do in that yeah. as well. So I think I, I that's your most camera time in that one. Yeah, I think so. Probably yeah. probably is actually. Yeah, so, so, so I do love that one. I love the Euro song as well. Yeah, I actually didn't say that one. But it's actually mainly because of the little video. Yeah, My we, Lovely Horse. Yeah, My Lovely Horse video. Like, yeah. I just love that video, the way it's put together. 
Uh, and what what else did you recommend? The Alba seventy four so episode. I probably wouldn't have picked that because it's part of a two do- double yeah. episode. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. didn't see the fourth it then. Oh, it's the next class. episode. It's absolutely <laughs> class. Yeah. I swear to God. But like, it's like it's very hard to pick one. It'd be like picking one of your favorite children. You know yeah. what I mean? It's it's like uh, um, it's like I love bits of of all, of loads of them. And sometimes I'm surprised. Like I don't watch it. I never sit down to watch it. But I often see my family sitting down to watch it. And uh, what's it like for your kids? Do you not like? Do you ever like walk in your kids be watching? You be like, oh. Like I they know. probably see you on the telly, but you're not been this man their whole lives, and they're watching this fella on the telly, and they're like, "Who's he?" I know, yeah, it's really odd. Like, like they're they're all into their comedy now, like really into it. So, so I'm glad they still they do still like Father Ted, but it is uh, it is very odd watching it. So sometimes I'll stand at the door and just kind of have a look in and watch five or ten minutes, and I won't remember it. Like I don't mm. I don't actually there are some little lines and things I don't remember. I'm always embarrassed by myself in it. Like I I was a really bad actor in those days and overacting. Yeah, oh, I think that was that added to it, though, didn't it? Yeah, like, yeah but it, it was annoys me. It annoys satire. me watching back now. You know, like uh, um, you know, with all with all I've learned since and everything, and you know, I watched that, and I'm laughing in a lot yeah. of scenes. Like I'm fucking laughing in it. Yeah. At, at the at the ludicrousness of it all. We talk about that. We look back on podcasts we've done and we cringe yeah. and we like, yeah. oh, fuck, I can't believe we said that. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think we all just yeah. do that in each other, but somebody else from the outside yeah. doesn't see that. Yeah. But most things I do, I wouldn't watch. Like, I just wouldn't watch it. Or I wouldn't mm. listen back to it or anything. Like, I'd be too... I, you tend Like, I just have this thing. I tend to dwell on the negatives. You know, I don't yeah. look at the 95% of it, which is great or which is, you know... I'm very similar. Grand. Yeah, and yeah. I just thinking of the fucking, why did I say that? Yeah. Or, or, or that is, that. That, it could have done it better. Ex- exactly. You know, and, and likewise. So it's almost like a superstition at this stage. I just don't watch things back now, mm-hmm. you know. But would you find yourself laughing at it because you found it funny? Like, well, Father Ted was an exception insofar as like, I do remember when, like I knew the writers very well. Uh, they were Irish guys in London, Arthur Matthews Gremlin. And, and um, I knew them quite well, like even before they wrote Father Ted. Uh, and... I remember when they had all six of the first series together, like they invited us around to their flat and, you know, we watched it and I just remember thinking, this is hilarious. And I didn't mm. see myself in it. Mm. So it was the only thing I've ever done where I didn't actually see myself. Probably because it's the first thing I ever did. Yeah. So the novelty of it all. <clears throat> and it was, it was larger than life as well and everything else. And, you know. Very controversial as well at the time, wasn't it? They got torn down. Did they not pitch that to Irish broadcasters. And they I don't touch like. It. I honestly don't think they did. Like that is a myth. Oh, is a myth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I've been in so many taxis where the taxi driver insists that, <laughs> it's, that it's true. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going. I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, uh, they, they, those writers were living in England for years. Yeah. They, they were, they were well-established comedy writers in mm. England, and so they were pitching everything they had to English TV. And to be honest with you, by then. The way you were a stand-up comedian, did you interpret some of your comedy into that? Or was this just... Kind of, like, I think the reason that came to me, like, so I remember one time they came to a show that I was doing uh, and they said, you know, we're writing this thing and we think that one of the characters will suit you. And I think that was, the reason they said that was because of my style of comedy in those days. So, like, so it was kind of Douglas what I was doing. It was pretending to be much more innocent than I am. And Mm. it was sort of like saying quite hard-hitting things, but like with this mask of innocence, oh, I don't know what I'm saying, you know, kind of. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, and I think they like that sort of, and I, it was kind of like, kind of kind of wooden movements, you know, kind of like yeah. mechanical. Oh. <laughs> uh, 
And uh, um, typical Monaghan man, kind of, yeah, <laughs> awkward, yeah. kind of, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's very hard to say. Like it's it's very hard to say. So so then I just went for the audition for like I had to go for an audition. You know, I had to jump through the hoops, and there was various uh, executives there, and the writers were there, and. I remember doing the audition and the only people laughing were the two writers yeah. <laughs> and everyone else is just looking at me like very po-faced, you know. Yeah. That's all, that's the only people you need to laugh. Yeah, so the they managed to convince the producers and, and, uh, and everyone else to, to select me. So um, for that, I am grateful. Uh, and then they paired me with Dermot Morgan, who played Father Ted. Mm. And um, we did another audition together where we had to sort of just do another few scenes. That was a few weeks later. And... Um, and then a few weeks later, they told me that I that I had the part. So, you know, did you have any idea how big it'd be? No, no, no not not. Nobody ever does, don't you know? Like you, you don't anybody. have a clue. There's no magic formula, you know. You just don't have a clue. Some things take off, some things don't. Yeah. yeah. Do you think maybe it was the fact that it was one of those like taboo things? Like you don't fucking talk about what you was talking about. Yeah, there. I know. Like, but you see, I always thought it had a certain innocence to it. Like, it, like certainly Ireland was ripe for it. There's mm. no, and it took off in Ireland. It, the first series, it didn't really take off. Like, like there was terrible reviews the first series, apart from one or two. People thought it was, um, it was, it was uh, undermining Ireland and the Irish, and mm. it was, it was, it was perpetuating old stereotypes about the Irish, like mm. the stupid priest, the drunken priest, you know, the the, um, the abuse of couple, the abuse of couple, the, old, the yeah, yeah, the over enthusiastic housekeeper yeah. you know <laughs> like it was various stereotypes but like you know the writers were always very clear about this that they were playing with stereotypes yeah right and they were they were absolutely smashing the stereotypes yeah well they got the Dublin one down Father Damo Father Damo yeah. <laughs> yeah do you know what I mean that yeah. was that was on the yeah. nail that was on the head. and that was another big attraction for me doing it was like a lot of my friends ended up yeah. playing these guest roles in it yeah uh, a lot of comedians Jason Byrne yeah. uh, uh, Barry Kevin Goldie Tommy Tiernan absolutely uh, Joe Rooney and uh, Patrick McDonald, all yeah. these people coming in doing guest roles, and and uh, so they'd be with us for a week. We don't we 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 shot a small bit of it down in County Clare, but most of it we shot in uh, in London, you know, in the studio in London. So it was really exciting times. Yeah, oh, at least it was acting the bollocks, acting the bollocks. Irish people abroad on yeah. tour, you know, yeah. on holidays, like it was Let's brilliant. And then you'd have legends like Brendan Grace coming mm. in to do a role who'd never really acted before, and like. You know, someone like him who we would have looked up to growing up, like, you know, you asked me about my childhood earlier. The only comedy I was ever exposed to in my childhood was Brendan Gray's albums. Yeah. yeah. Bottler and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, that's know? my man that still watch that to this day. Yeah. And they still be crying laughing. Well, it's funny, like, it, it was like, he doesn't get the credit he deserves in terms of, like, the influence he would have had on my generation of comedians. Yeah. Because, you know, he, he, he would have been regarded as more old-fashioned, more traditional joke-telling and so on. Yeah. But, like, when we were growing up, it was the only, it was the only thing going you know it was and, and and we thought it was hilarious so um so it was really like all that coming full circle with him in it was incredible like i was a bit nervous around him you yeah know? sorry yeah. and uh he is a big fella though wasn't he as well? he's a big fella yeah and he would have been a bit nervous because he'd never really acted before yeah but he was brilliant in it. yeah Jesus, oh, he's fantastic. Super menacing yeah and then yeah. even people like Frank Kelly, like I yeah. would have grown up watching him. But he was like a well-acclaimed actor as well. He was a well-acclaimed actor, but he was also <laughs> he was also like uh, in a satirical show that we used to watch. We weren't we didn't watch much telly growing up. Yeah, the telly was like evil, mm -hmm. and um, we weren't really encouraged to watch television as kids. Um, but one thing we were allowed to watch was uh, what was it called? Hall's Pictorial Weekly. It was a satirical show. 
uh, because it was about politics and my father was involved in politics. So we were allowed to watch this show, which was slagging off the politicians. Yeah. Mm. And um, Frank Kelly was one of the main men in that. So it's amazing how all that came full circle, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's mad. So, Ray, we keep going off on tangents and we keep saying, Ray, we'll start with this and then we'll just go off on the Madeline. So Speed 3 yeah. is the episode. Then uh, the Eurovision. Yeah, song, the Euro, for Euro. Euro, song for Europe. Yeah. And then what was your third one? I didn't have a third one yet. Uh, I'm just trying to think of them all. Uh, very hard to remember. Um, oh, God. Uh, the one with the, the raffle. Yeah, that's, that's your one. Yeah. You said to me to watch that. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. But yeah. that, you, I think that's your favourite one, wasn't it? That, because the scene that you were talking about. With the hammer? Yeah. Oh, yeah. hilarious. So when he was telling me to watch... Father Ted, because obviously I knew of yet, knew yeah, about yeah. it and all, but I never actually sat down and watched it. And I was thinking, this is going to be before my time. Like, I'm not going to find it. It's this not, he didn't think it's going to hold up. Like, do you know what yeah, I mean? Because yeah. I'm like, it's fucking 2022 now. <laughs> it's it's, 20, it's over 25 years ago. Yeah. yeah. But when I watched it, I found myself pissing myself laughing for most of it. Do you know what I mean? But especially that bit with the hammer with the dent in the car. It's it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. I swear to God, yeah, it's yeah, hilarious. Yeah. I know, ah, that's good. Like, I'm glad it stands up. I mean, you know, people are discovering it all the time still, mm. which is great, you know. Mm. Well, it wasn't by choice. I hadn't got a personal problem with you on that. I said, you didn't have a teddy in the cafe yeah. either, yeah. yeah. We don't yeah. tellies. But, but like, uh, it does, yeah. uh, you know, like... I, I wouldn't make any great claims for anything I've ever done or anything like that. I was lucky to be in that. It was it was a great mm. break and it was it, it was great to be in it. But you but know, you you're do, one of the most iconic characters that's ever been on the telly. Well, it, it, it gives com- it does give comfort to people. Like you know, comedy. You, you know, it 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 gives small comfort to people from yeah. time to time. So like a little <laughs> escape. Yeah. yeah. So my little got... contribution to mankind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you got anything coming out now? Um, I have a few. Well, not really. I mean, Jesus. Uh, I, I'm, there's this show on Channel 4 called Taskmaster. Have you ever heard of that? Can't say I have. No, it's a really, it's kind of like, it's... Um, it's like a game show, isn't it? Yeah, it's it? like a game show, but you're in it for the series. Do you know what I mean? Oh, so really? so it's, a, it's, a, it's a very enjoyable thing to do. I did it earlier this year, so it's coming out in March. Mm. And it's 10 weeks. It's, um, it's me and four others. So there's five of us all together. Mm. Um, one of them is Chris Ramsey, who does a big podcast, podcast in England. Yeah. yeah. And me and um, there's a few others, Bridget Christie, uh, Judy Love, who was in Strictly Come Dancing, and um, Sophie Juker. So there's five of us, and it's it's host. Do you know Greg Davis? The big comedian, tall the, big, guy, yeah. the man out the in betweeners. He yes. was the principal in the in betweeners. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. yeah. So he presents it, and Alex Horn is a sidekick, and they're really funny. And um, they give you tasks. So you, I spent half the summer doing all these mad tasks. Like what? Like they'd get you to go show us your show us the like the best photograph on your phone. So you'd show them a photograph on your phone. Now, you've got 20 minutes to recreate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, but like, like I can't really remember them, but madder than that. So like about 30, 40 different tasks that yeah. are spread over the, the, the and like it's just ridiculous and humiliating. Yeah. <laughs> but the best one I ever had yeah. in my life where like, because I'm a little bit uptight by nature, you know, and um, you totally have to let go for this because you don't know what's hitting you. You go yeah. in every day and you go, okay, what have you got for me? And, they give you this thing, this card with a task on it. You have to go and do it. One was to learn Swedish in 15 minutes and have a conversation with a Swedish man. Going through an IKEA catalog there, hoping for the best. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, and, uh, oh, geez, I can't remember them all. Recreate a famous moment from history with using only two traffic cones. You know, but like you're, you're in a house, so there is a taskmaster house and there's loads of stuff to use. 
Yeah. You, you know, but it's uh, it's 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 a kind of a one of those kind of cult shows in England, if you like. Yeah. Uh, and everyone does it. Like all the comedians do it. Yeah. Um, because you're out of your comfort zone. So that's coming out in March. That's that's sort of like uh, the last sort of fairly big thing I did. The other sort of big thing I, I did over the last few years was was uh, wrote a novel, my second novel, actually. First novel was about 20 years ago or more. And so I've written this other novel and uh, that's coming out in May. So I'm just putting the very last touches on that now. Brilliant. So and what's it called? published by HarperCollins in May. It's Brew Ha Ha, it's called. So it's kind of like a crime thriller set in the border region. Mm. Um, sort of well after the troubles, you know, uh, uh, kind of around the time of the peace process and it's a it's a sort of a you know it's so it's got a lot of elements of the crime fiction mm. sort of thing in it and now i want to get down to my favorite part you're a big fan of football love football yeah who yeah. do you follow i'm a leeds fan so you don't love football then well, <laughs> i like the way leeds tried to play football uh but no i love i've, I've always loved soccer it's like my big passion and mm. you know to this day yeah and you done a show with that, didn't you? Going around. Yeah, yeah. One of the that was one probably the best show, like the most enjoyable show I ever did was going around like uh, trying to explain the rivalries in football, mm. geographical rivalries, like you know the you know why the two teams in Rome, you know why you would pick one team over another. So go into the whole history of that. So it was like a travel show, yeah, but with football, football yeah, and, very uh, hooliganism, and yeah, and history and culture. Yeah. I was trying to avoid the hooligans. You couldn't avoid you it can't because it, no. in any rivalry that you're going to get the hooligan element. Yeah, like we were in one in Poland, a really, a really kind of, um, oh, it was grisly. Like I mean, there was more police than people Fans, at the yeah, match. You yeah, know, yeah. Uh, um, but you know, you just you really learn so much about a place through the football. You know, through the little subtleties. You know, but this is what we were saying to Terence. So we were talking before this, and I was due to go to the United and Brighton game, which was called off, and then you were due to go to Liverpool and Leeds, which was called yeah, off a few days off. later. I mean, I'm going through like the difference between Manchester and Liverpool, and just how like these places that well more Manchester than Liverpool, so bleak, and there's just nothing happening. And yeah. I was in Newcastle as well a few weeks before that. And it's just like there's nothing going on in these places. Yeah. These these people like literally eat, sleep, and breathe football. If you yeah. take the football yeah. away, the place is just collapsed. Oh, it's massive. Mm. But you even know that from playing football. Like I would have played. I played for a team called Orwell FC uh, over over in Milltown there. And you you, know, you play every weekend, and you realize like you know just how important that is for some people. It's the absolute focal point of the week. Mm, yeah, it's what it's all about. You let out all that aggression that you can't let out at home, or you you know you shouldn't let out at home. Yeah. Uh, or at work, you know, you could be having trouble at work, you could have financial difficulties, you could, anything could be going on in your life. But for that hour and a half and the few hours afterwards, you know, you like you just pour everything into it. Yeah. And you can be whoever you want to be out there in the field. And, you know, literally you forget about everything else but getting the ball into that net and stopping the ball going into that net. And that's all you need to worry about for that hour and a half or two hours. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when, when, when I'm trying to explain football to to Philistines who don't know anything about football or don't appreciate it or don't know why people would invest so much time and money and energy and effort into it. Like, it's pure escapism and it's a very healthy form of escapism. Mm. So I love it. And talking about it and watching it. Um, you know, obviously, like, you know, it's bloated now and there's yeah. far too much money sloshing around and it's Ooh. corrupt and, you know, it's it can be horrible. But, um, you know, you got to invest in something. Like, you got to, you know, you got to believe in something. Yeah. Mm. Uh, you got to adopt a tribe. You know, yeah. you got to you got yeah. to feel. So it's the belonging thing that you're talking about. You know, in these. So where you may not have much else going on in your life, 
you have that belonging. Yeah. Yeah. No one can take that away from you. Yeah. Are leads going down? There's no need to. There's no need to bring up subjects <laughs> like this. We were getting on perfectly well yeah. there <laughs> for the last question. hour and a half. Honest question: What go with your head over your heart? Do you think he's like going down? I'm very worried. Right. I'm so, genuinely worried about that. Yeah. I mean, I think the project has come off the rails. Yeah. Uh, he's had a few injuries, to be fair. Yeah, but he. Left, but we don't have we don't have a squad to to cover the injuries, so that's the mm-hmm. issue. Mm. But they play. They have entertained a lot of people. They've excited a lot of people over the last few years. They didn't surprise anyone. A Leeds fan last year weren't surprised by how well they played and how they surprised a lot of teams. We weren't surprised by that. But this year, it was clear that you know it was going to be very hard to replicate that. You what I found out though. I thought this year kind of found out. Yeah, you, everyone you, knows how to play against us now. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. And, and, and um, you know, it's it's too naive. Like, yeah. There's no question about it. It's naive the way they play. And it's exciting at the end of the It's day. exciting, but unless you've got, like, your 11 best players who know what to do, who know the system, and are they're very fit and they're at it, yeah, then it's going to fall apart. It's exciting yeah. for a neutral, I should say. Yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. buy this whole, Leeds oh, yeah, Leeds had to lose in the last three games and they've conceded eight and scored two. Oh, but it was exciting. Like, yeah, but they're also going to oh, get yeah, really I, I think all, I think oh, Leeds oh, fans are all bored with that as well, like at this stage. Mm. Like, you know, they're just worried. Getting just credit going. for playing football. Like, yeah, yeah. Mm. You know, and, and, and you know, the guy Bielsa is a legend and he is great and all the other... You know, I find it the way the other managers, they kind of patronise him a bit. Yeah. They all go, oh, he's great and he's a guru and, you mm. know, we love him, Guardiola, and everyone loves him and they all have such lovely things to say about him. But it's patronising at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, he's like some old granny, granddad that yeah. they're patting on the back. Sitting on his bucket and all that. Yeah. yeah. yeah um, you know, and, and like, like he, he is a philosopher, but I don't know. Should he be gone? I wouldn't go that far because... At the end of the season, if he's get down? Or would you give him a season in the championship? I, I'd love to see, like, if he just brings in a few players mm. and and definitely just see if he can turn it around. He's look a bit lost without Bamford. Without Bamford. Yeah, Phillips, without Phillips. Mm. Absolutely. And then there's, you know, there's a few kind of fellas who are huffing and puffing and they're doing their best, but they're not quality. They're, they're not, not premiership yeah. quality. Yeah. Yeah. And he the, he has been very unlucky with the centre central defence. Mm. They, they, uh, um, you know, he's never had like a fit pair, first choice yeah. pairing in the centre center of defence. Mm. I suppose the good thing is he's had a few games called off because of COVID. So, they're in the bank. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we were talking before we start recording and I asked you, do you get noticed much on yeah. the street? Um, I, yeah, I suppose I do. Like, I, 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 I mean, not over the last few years with the masks and everything. Yeah, it's a which gift. Is, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the, be- best, the best thing about the pandemic. Um, and like, you know, because I, I, I'm quite beardy a lot of the time. Not today, because I made a big effort for yeah, you. But for you guys. Yeah, but going to be on the camera uh, as well. So, you know, and, and I slouch a lot and I skulk in the shadows. So, you know, I, I get away with it a lot of the time. But I, I suppose if you're out and about, you do get a lot of attention. Or in a pub maybe or something and someone spots you and then other people come over. Even if they don't know you, like they kind of go, oh, why, yeah. why are they over talking to him? So we better go over and talk to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It must be a big and, deal, uh, this fella. So it can be a bit, uh, we can be a bit obtrusive. But you know, most people are really friendly about it. Like, and, and mostly it's complimentary and it's not a, it's not really a hassle. Um, but I do remember one time, like, like when the kids were smaller, you know, and when I was probably a tetchier human being, you know, when you've got small kids around the place and you're in an airport. I remember being in the airport one day and uh, seven in the morning and this, this stag party were already on their second or third pint kind of came over to me and they were just kind of going, hey, you're, you're that guy from Father Ted, yeah. And I, and I just, I don't know, just I just pretended to be French. 
and like <laughs> I, I don't really speak French or anything, but I just start speaking to the kids in my pigeon French, you know, allez, allez, voulez-vous mange le déjeuner? And uh, they're looking at me kind of going, oh, is he French? Is he, is he? I'm pretty sure he's Dougal. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, they kept sit, talking to me and I kept going, je, um, je, ne, je ne parle pas anglais. Uh, and they're kind of looking at me going, you fucking, you know, they, I don't think they bought it for a second, but I, I stuck to my guns. I was French. You were and, committed. Uh, and, they walked, and they walked away. <laughs> but like, I rarely had to take that. <laughs> drastic action but you know uh, um it's never like it's never really a hassle but like you don't like like the definite thing is um like i know you guys are only doing this for the fame and everything else but like yeah well, yeah, that's <laughs> <a good one. laughs> well i can i can say with me hand on me heart like you don't go into this to be famous yeah. you know or if you do like you're asking for trouble you well, know you what don't i mean go very far and you'll be found out pretty quick I think. yeah mm-hmm. you know uh it's like it's like i mean it's a novelty at first the attention but ultimately it becomes very intrusive you know yeah. like the thing i hate most as i'm sure you're finding now as the podcast goes from strength to strength is the scrutiny gets mm. greater and greater yeah it was like that for a while i think we kind of rode that wave didn't we kind of got over that one it was a little bump for yeah. a, a week i tell yeah well yeah. i found the hardest part wasn't so much the attention you get in the street it was the attention you get from ah, the press yeah well yeah i suppose nowadays what we get is the attention you get from fake accounts online yeah you know yeah. that would be horrible but i remember like like um uh, I remember one time, oh, I mean, I had a, there was a spate of it over a period of about three or four years. And this actually m- made me become quite introverted after a while. Like, like I, and this one of the reasons why I wouldn't have done an awful lot of podcasts over the years or, or even try to avoid a lot of press and stuff and even TV appearances. Like, you know, which you're shooting yourself in the foot as a yeah. comedian, actor, performer, whatever, you know. Uh, but it was like, there was three or four incidents. So the first one was, I had done a very jokey questionnaire in a woman's magazine and I was asked a cheeky question, like, do you ever do drugs? Which you can't answer. You can't give no. a straight answer to that question no. uh, um, if, if you're in the public eye because it's going to come back to bite you in the hole, yeah. right? And, uh, um, you know, and, I, and I, like, I am like an anti-drugs person, you know, uh, um, but I'm a human being who has, you know, maybe experimented, experimented yeah. once or twice, but like certainly never promoted drugs yeah. or, 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 you know, like... You know, wouldn't it wouldn't be a, in any way a part of my life? You know, and um, I made some joke about like, and it was kind of to kind of to shut the journalist up a bit. I said, "Oh yeah, you know, yeah, everyone should do e. You should give e to your kids or something like that." Yeah. So it was a very flippant <laughs> remark, very stupid remark. But it's a bit of crack, though. It was. Uh, it was in the context. Literal, was it? it was in the context of a crack interview. But now, so the magazine comes out. I never read it. I'm. I don't know who read it. But three months later. The front page of the Irish Daily Star, literally the front page. I'm not making this Everybody up. I called them out. What? I called them out. Yeah. The Irish Daily the Star. The Irish Daily Star had Father Ted Star drug shame in huge letters and a picture of me at my most stupid expression. Uh, Father Ted Star drug shame. Front page headlines based on a jokey remark I made three months later. Now, you can argue that the joke was a stupid joke and a crass joke and a joke yeah. that I would be very embarrassed about now today. But that's the, like that's how it happens, and you can't believe it's happening to you. You read this every day. You read stuff about so-called celebrities, and uh, you go, ah, you know. But like when it happens to you, it is shocking, and you're so, I don't know. You go into a little shell. You 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 can't believe it's happening to you. It's almost like it's happening to another person, 
And then I was actually, we were actually filming Father Ted at the time. We were doing, I think it might've been the third series or something. And journalists were camped outside the hotel. Uh, so I had to go and do scenes, like ferried in and out in a car. Making they a mountain of a Doorstepping my thing. wife and, yeah. and child. Like, it was just shocking. So that kind of, that's a real slap in the face. That really shuts you up for a while. Like, mm. I wouldn't do an interview for a couple of years after that. And, like, there was another one around the same time, which was almost worse in some ways. It was, uh, it was, um, there was a, a young fella from Monon uh, who was uh, in jail in England, accused of the Hyde Park bombing, which was a big terrorist event in London many years ago. And he had been sent to jail, wrong, wrongfully convicted. And he was sent to jail for, I think, 17 years. And everyone knew he didn't do it. Uh, uh, and there was a benefit for him in the Jazz Cafe in London, in Camden. And I was on the bill. So were loads of English comedians. I was the only Irish comedian on the bill. There was Eddie Izzard, there was Jeremy Hardy, brilliant English comedians. Rob Newman at the time, he was really big at the time. There was that band, you know, the theme tune to the Sopranos. Yeah. The Alabama Three. They were on the they were on the bill. Then you had some members of the Birmingham Six making speeches as well, who had just been released or been released a few years previously. So it was a big event to raise money for this fella's appeal. Yeah. And uh, because he hadn't done it. Now, I would be careful about these things. Like, although I would be nationalistically minded and, and Republican minded, I, I, I would be very a man of, you know, only by peaceful means and so on. Constitutional nationalist, I would call myself. Uh, so I was really careful about this, you know, haven't been bitten before. Like, could this come back to haunt me in any way? So I, I made my own inquiries uh, through my father and other people. Like, you know, could you find out, is there any way that this guy could have done that? Mm. And everything came back. IRA said, no, he wasn't, never a member of our organization. Um, politicians in England and Ireland were very okay with it. Like it's, you know, it's above board. This, this is a guy who's wrongfully convicted and this money is for his appeal. So, you know, very happy to do the gig as you would do all benefits. One of the, one of the, one of the big privileges of being a comedian or being in the public eye is that you're able to do these benefits for people, yeah. you know, whatever the, whatever the, back. whatever the charity is. Mm. Absolutely. So uh, delighted to do the gig. Gig went really well. Uh, a few days later, the News of the World, which was the big tabloid in England at the time, had a big headline. Uh, Father Dougal supports IRA bomber who did this. Picture of me looking gormless and a dead horse. You know, there was people killed in the incident as well, but there were horses killed. So the English didn't like that. So like that, and that leaves you very exposed. Mm. You just feel, you just feel terrible, you know, like, how do you explain to people, I don't support yeah. IRA bombers. I support an innocent man, an innocent Irish man in a British prison. That's what I was supporting. You shouldn't have to explain that. That's you shouldn't have to explain big that. The problem we have with papers and things like that. People yeah. believe every single they believe thing they everything. read as gospel. And so I was on tour at the time. And so I was terrified coming out of venues at night. Is someone going to attack me? Mm. Uh, uh, people had asked for the money back from some of the shows. But you should never be put in that situation, especially by people with that sort of power, to put you, your face on the front page of a paper. You should never be put under that sort of pressure and that sort of mental state to be thinking, oh, I need to be careful now coming out with this gig or I need to be careful walking down this road. I know. That should never be a thing. Like, I know. Oh, 
But you grow up, like you learn, mm. and you learn to be careful about what you say. Yeah. Uh, now, you know, I still put me fun on it from time to time, but it's one of the reasons I wouldn't do social media. Like yeah. this was before the age of social media, where people jump on every single thing you say. Yeah. Mm. Like now, you know, next week, somebody will probably listen to this podcast and they'll pick a line or two out of it and that'll become an article. Yeah. It's so easy. You know, it? it's so easy. Yeah. Like every interview I've ever done in the last few years, it, there's an article about it the next day as if yeah. I gave the interview. There's an article about the article. Yeah. 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 And then an article about the article about the article. Yeah. I suppose yeah. that the good the advantage of social media is it'll give you a platform to voice. No, actually this is what happened in that interview. And yeah. that can be put up instantly. Yeah. You know, you're not waiting for someone to reach out to you to say, actually, what do you think about I what know, happened? But I don't there? want to spend my whole life just no, to find just myself, to find, explaining no, myself. True, true, yeah. Answering back, true. you know, pushing back. Like it's it's a funny world we live in. The other one, I'll tell you, like there was a few of them, but there was one other one, it was just kind of like almost funny, but it was, uh, so I was doing this interview, I did a film in Scotland once uh, and I was interviewed by a Scottish newspaper about like, um, and they'd ask you about your family life and I go, oh, I'm married to my childhood sweetheart and all the rest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of people would ask me about that because it's true. Mm. And uh, I said like jokingly. Jeez, I can't tell you how, how often I tried to get away from her, but I, but I, I couldn't. Oh, I was dragged back. Yeah. But it's such a common thing. For such a common thing for an Irish person to say. Absolutely. So anyway, that's a throwaway comment to me. Like I'm not, I don't genuinely think of Jesus Christ. He doesn't. He's not happy oh, with marriage. And it was all about the tone and the yeah. jokey throwaway tone. So anyway, like a few months later, and it's like it's weeks later. Like well, you've forgotten about the stupid interview you did to promote the film in Scotland. So. Um, it was the Evening Herald at the time. Hardlow <laughs> <laughs> Hanlon tries to leave wife. Like uh, you couldn't make it up. Hilarious. And we didn't know anything about it. All. My wife was in the butcher and she's going, oh, Jesus, he's trying to leave you. Yeah. You know. <laughs> she's going, what? what are you on about? Oh, God, did you not see the Herald? Jesus, you'd wonder, well, he probably won't be there when you get home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I go, oh Christ. So you read this and you go, they've just picked three or four lines out of it, making me out like the biggest tool alive. Yeah. That like, and it was as, as if I rang up the even her and go, listen, can I speak to a journalist? Like, I, I, <laughs> my wife is really annoying me. I've got something I need to get off my chest here. Like, I've really tried to leave her and she's just not getting the message. Could you write something about that, please? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fucking, it's staggering. And this is what, so like, I try to live a very retiring life now, yeah. you know. Um, I do my jobs, whatever I'm asked to do. Um, and I go home and I keep my head down. Mm. That's why I'm actually, I wasn't shocked. I was a bit surprised because uh, obviously, shout out to Willa. Willa set this up. Yeah. Uh, he said it to us one day. He goes, do you know who would be brilliant? Arlo Hanlon. And I was like, well, he doesn't do much, Willa. And he's like, do you know what? He's a great bloke. Give him a text. And I was going to text it and I don't know what happened. But I completely forgot. And then you text Willa and said, yeah. I haven't heard from them lads. And I was yeah. like, Jesus Christ, he's actually reaching out to us. Yeah. He wants to do something. So I was like, mm. what's going on? And it was probably just that perception that's given across, you know. Yeah. You've, you've been, what, once bitten, twice shy kind of thing. Yeah. You mm. don't do much. And then yeah. when I did text it and you were like, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I was like, this is going to be a good bit of crack. And then I couldn't believe it either. I said it to the missus the other day while driving home. I was like, Arlo Hanlon's texting me that fucking coming on the podcast. And I was like, this is madness. Like, yeah. madness. No, I, I, I mean, like, like I get asked to do loads of podcasts, but I have to say um, there's very few of them I, 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 I do uh, by choice. You know, it's just like, you know, but I think this is different. I think what you're doing is unique. 
and it's you know it's important and mm. but that's the one thing that we pride ourselves of is we don't call this an interview this is a chat yeah you know sitting yeah. here talking about believing we went from god to pissing in the shower yeah yeah mm. and everything I else know. in between you know? i know i know but um i know I really enjoyed it anyway. Yeah, I thought it was, it was great. Crack. Well, you come in and said that you're kind of timid and shy. You had the born in the ears off. Those nah, are the good to tell us. Talking shy, talking bollocks. <laughs> yeah. uh, bollocks. Yeah. And that's all we're yeah. here for. No, but I, I kind of like, and another reason why I don't do them is because I do end up, you do end up like, and it's no no disrespect to you or anyone else, is you do end up talking about the same things because. Yeah, yeah. of course. You know, where you grew up, like yeah, where you went story. to school, where your story, your yeah. life story, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, you do want to ration that as much as possible. Yeah, you don't yeah. want to be on every week going, where did you hear this again? Yeah. You know, because uh, yeah. my story is pretty boring. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I, I do very interesting jobs. I'm lucky enough to have had great jobs in my life, you yeah. know, but but my actual day-to-day life is pretty I it was interesting. routine. The you know? hell how that, like, you became a product of your environment, like, mm. and then you went from this timid, shy, young flat. To a stand-up comedian, which mm. is total opposite. Like, yeah. yeah, I think that's brilliant. Yeah, you went. You're an extrovert with introverted qualities, which is yeah, or doesn't make versa. sense. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> but I'm, thing... I'm always skeptical about that anyway. When I hear that about like even using the word shyness or even using things like low self-esteem, or, yeah, like some of the people with the lowest self-esteem come across as having the highest self-esteem. So you never know. Yeah, mm. and and also therefore I even wonder about the terminology. Like, is it even useful? You know yeah. what I mean? Have you got it mixed up? Like, what's yeah, going on? Like, yeah. what is going on? Like, I think we all have this light and shade in us and we yeah. all have like our good moments and our bad moments and our dark moments and our light moments. And there's no shame in that. And there's no, you know, like it's, it's, um, you know, we're complicated creatures. Yeah. Now, who are you telling? <laughs> <laughs> I'm only getting onto this opus of it with this podcast and the more and more we do it, the more and more people we're meeting. And you're just like, well, that was a world one. Hopefully next week will be a nice... Smooth sailing one, and then you have Jim Sheridan on here rapping Snoop Dogg, and all, like, you know, right. yeah. Jim Sheridan just come in and just blasted out Snoop Dogg more. That was the case, no problem. And we're just like, what's happening here? Blows away, wow, yeah. fantastic. I heard a little story, and I just want to know if you mind telling it. Is it true that you were filming on Father Ted and you didn't change the costume? You were still in, in the wardrobe, dressed as a priest, and someone in a shop thought you were a priest and tried to give you free stuff. Yeah, I was offered a pair of shoes. Like just yeah. Tell so us we were shooting. There. I think we were shooting in in the town of Venice, and in like, Clare. In Clare, yeah. And uh, it would have been the Christmas special, actually. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this was this was the incident. My memory is very blurry, but um, uh, we were shooting the Christmas special in. I think it was a big Dunn stores in Clare. There's another one you should watch. The yeah, priest the stuck Christmas in the la- in the in the lingerie section. Yeah. Um, so probably would have had like an hour for lunch or whatever. Uh, or or maybe I wasn't in a little bit that they were shooting. So I went out for a little walk around town. So you wouldn't really have time to change. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I wasn't deliberately going. But it's not as if you want around dressed as a fucking anointing armor. You know what yeah. I mean? You're yeah. So I might be wrong because it was, that would have been third series. So people would have known me pretty well. So maybe it was during the first series, like, but it was still around there, somewhere, somewhere around there. So I went for a walk around, do a bit of shopping. So I went into a shoe shop and I was looking and looking at the shoes and the fella came over to me and he went, uh, how are you, father? <laughs> and uh, he said no look anything you like there anything at all just take it it's on the house (laughs) and did you i i actually didn't i mean i just couldn't bring myself to to go through with it no uh, i should have it would have been a great story but i I do there was another story around that time like do you remember the father stone episode yeah 
brilliant episode where we were where we were shooting like in a field yeah and it was november and it was like minus five degrees and they added in extra rain like there was, it was yeah. rain and it was sleet and it was snowing and it was like the worst conditions like imaginable in ireland it's west coast ireland though like. west coast ireland middle of the burren you know very yeah. bleak not even a tree like for miles yeah, around no coverage, so yeah. the idea was that the priests were playing golf uh in this like just big field but like where you shouldn't be playing golf field full of rocks yeah, yeah. so it was just rock bare limestone rock and um uh the priest struck one of the, the guest priest struck by lightning yeah that, he that's, swings and he gets struck by lightning and he's stuck in that position then <laughs> yeah so like they weren't sure if it was going to rain that day so they brought in rain machines so it was <laughs> raining but they also put on the rain machines just and it was freezing rain and we were kind of we were in bits like we were really because you're, you're, ne you're never dressed for it either, yeah. you know so, so the rain and the snow and your wellies are full of snow and your clothes are absolutely soaked and you're there for hour after hour take after take after take and we were about an hour from the hotel um, and there was, n you know, there was nothing around. So I went to a farmhouse, like, like and I've never done anything like this before. And it might sound very entitled, but like, I felt I had no choice. I really felt like I was dying. Like, I felt like I'm going to, I will not make it back to the hotel. Like, it's an hour's drive. I am now hypothermic and I'm soaked through to the skin. So I went up to this farmhouse about six o'clock in the evening and I knocked on the door and I said, <laughs> I just said, listen, I'm really sorry about this, but could I have a bath? <laughs> I swear to God, I swear to God, I've never felt so, but I, it's not that I even felt anything. I felt I had no choice <laughs> and uh, they were having their dinner and she looked at me. Now she knew I wasn't a priest. She knew I was probably with the filming, probably didn't have any, you know, didn't have any respect for what we were doing or anything like that, but she was a decent human being from County Clare who thought this guy's dying. I better run the bath. Better run the bath. So she, <laughs> she, she ran the bath and I jumped in and uh, I got into some fresh clothes and I, I survived to tell the story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're a fucking Go West Coast hospitality. Yeah, 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 yeah. Episode 56 of the Talking Bollocks podcast. So we'll wrap her up. Yeah. But before we go, don't forget to get on, get onto the Go Loud app to guarantee that you'll get this podcast every Thursday at 7 p.m. when we go live. Ardle, it was an absolute pleasure. Thanks very much for coming in. Thank to you us. very we much. We really do appreciate it. We'll wrap her up. Take us out, Kino. Boom. Subscribe to this podcast for free on the Go Loud app. What you waiting for? Put your back in it. Just a little The hip knocker. Go down, go down, go down.